I got some. I think I just had some light. You're gonna have to hold it in the exact perfect <laughs> position. <laughs> Let me go back to my audio settings. How is no, it? Were you it's just not. Saying? It's not even recognizing it. Oh my god! Whatever. Damn, dude. Oh, uh, you're buy a house in a housing crisis when your microphone keeps breaking. $40. You $40 over five years. This may be just my excuse to retire from the podcast. Oh God. I, he's been looking for something, a way out. Get the one that Ty has. He's got a more legit yeah. one than you and I do. No, I think your uh, sounded fine. I wouldn't. Mine was probably similar, similarly. Um, priced that to the one you guys got so really? mine's not yeah. no, mine's not that much better it just yours just looks, like, just yeah. looks i like cooler. the hands-free element that yours says yeah you can what just like it? hook just it up to the desk your desk and then it has the arm yeah well mo going well, so, forward if uh you don't get a mic we can just uh buddy up when we're in newport no, you're getting a mic <laughs> just share it. the same mic <laughs> It's all the two of us is breathing into each other's mouths, sharing a microphone. <laughs> Disgusting. Are you, how soon to to you're vaxxed up? Now J and J's on hold. It might be twenty fucking twenty two. Adam is, and I snuck in there. Oof, you guys just barely. In. The I, most I'm, at risk of all of us is the one without the vaccine. Oh please. I'm genuinely concerned that if like something, if they don't open this back up, J and J, that's going to have a huge impact on their timeline. Uh, yeah, I would, I would say think. so. But already, if there's like J and J already had to like toss 15 million doses because they somebody uh, fucked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that already has an impact on the timeline too. So a couple more slips, man. I might not be back until mm. mid summer, and I am not going to be a happy camper. I'll just start lying and telling people I'm vaccinated. To be <laughs> yeah, no, I'm good, guys. I'm good. <laughs> um, I'll go find a way to get COVID, get it over with, and then lie and say to everybody I'm vaccinated. So obviously, there's a lot of hubbub about the fact hubbub. that, like, a lot of hubbub, a lot of scuttlebutt, <laughs> or <laughs> a lot of noise about this. Uh, you know, these six people. Unfortunately, six people that have been affected. One. One who died. All so one women. died out of six million. Yeah. No, seven million. Seven okay, million. Okay, big sorry. difference. So oh. you guys want to hear ways that you're more likely to die than getting the J&J? I, I was thinking about the odds. Yeah, I'd love to hear them. All right. So the odds of a blood clot killing you are less than one in one million. Mm-hmm. Cycling is one in 140,000. Holy shit. Running or jogging is actually around the same uh, as the blood clots. It's one in one million. Dying of a lightning strike, one in one hundred thirty-eight thousand. No Hunt. way! I, I swear to God, right. I don't. I'm just. I'm just reading this Instagram post, so it must be true. It has to be true. But skydiving, Facts first, one in one hundred, no, one hundred one thousand and eighty-three. Um, canoeing. I'm not going to read the odds anymore. I'm just going to tell you what's more likely. Canoeing, car accidents, dog attacks, sunstroke, what's the cataclysmic storm, accident? one in 6,700. Yeah, I'd have to assume that's probably like a pretty high. I mean, one yeah. in 6,700. That's fucking nuts. I believe well, I, it, though, dude. Yeah, I feel like way more people die of car accidents than a blood clot. 
But why don't, just, they, why don't they stop making cars? Why don't they put a pause on cars for they fucking should? My, my thing was, is I was like, well, can anybody rule out that this is just that those people's reaction to COVID? Like, if they got COVID, those six people probably would have gotten blood clots and like had a serious problem. That's the thing. It could it could have been totally unrelated to COVID. It could have just right. been, been they totally were unrelated. Get blood clots. We don't know anything about their history of health. We don't know anything about it, and they're just running with someone died. And it was yeah. I mean. Not that it doesn't deserve to be front page news. Of course, but. it needs to be talked about. But what do you think the faces of CNN people were like when they saw this? Stelter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one out of six died out of seven I, million. I, I did read that. Like, I guess one of the reasons they're concerned is these are the same very unique type of blood clots that happen like in your brain or something that were present with the AstraZeneca um vaccine and like normally yeah. people don't get these blood clots like it's not a blood clot that you just shoot blood clot medicine if anything that makes it worse it's like something very very rare yeah so they thought maybe there's some relation and there might be but fuck man six and i mean 6.8 fucking million yeah not worried if they take this thing off the market dude i'll i'll cry <laughs> I'll cry, man. Are you going to go through with your uh, attack on the Congress uh, on the Capitol building? We're going to put a explosive under each seat. I plead the fifth. So that's a yes. This video is going to show up in court. <laughs> this is him. I, I plead the fifth. Plead the fifth. No comment. Um, but yeah, that, that would, that would be brutal. I mean, like, like you said, Mo, I mean, what, what is it? April 19th that they were saying that there would be enough vaccines for everybody or at least to yeah, schedule an appointment. Week. How in the world can that timeline be met of, you know, end of May or, you know, whatever they said for everyone to have, like to, to achieve, like, I don't know, 70 something percent of, of vaccinations by then. I mean, yeah, I, I don't I, 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 Honestly, I, dude, how, Go ahead, Jay. I was just gonna say I appreciate the, I appreciate the transparency. Um, it's better than. Can you imagine our reaction if we had found out that they tried to suppress that news and didn't want yeah. it to come oh, out? Yeah, it would have been much. But I mean, it's yeah, just they, you know, as always with us, us, it's just the media reaction. It's just like, okay, you guys preach like for the last six months about how Trust important science. it is for. Right, how important it is for people to, you know, like you said, follow the science, get vaccinated when it's your turn, and all of a sudden it's like you're hyper focused on making it, you know, a transformative story about this vaccine. It's like, yeah, right. it's yeah. going to do wonders for people who are like on the fence about it. How big I, of I, a how big of a lady boner do you think Joy Reid had when she saw that, dude? I I came in think about that woman without getting <laughs> frustrated. She's the worst of them all. And that's an incredible statement. Yeah. That is a very bold statement, but you're probably stand by that it. far off. Stand yeah. By no, I, I'm just, to, but to your point, we've talked about a lot of shitty people on this podcast and for her to stand out above the rest. Is, uh, <laughs> that, that's a very strong, but could be Touche, very accurate. Joy, pro-democracy, pro-mass, save lives, read. 
Yeah, right. Mo's, Mo's captain of the ship tonight. Have you? Uh, we got a new captain in town, ladies and gents, the viewers. Have you uh, guided us through the the dark night before? What's the dark night? What do you mean? Every night we podcast is a dark. No, night. it was my first first time uh, guiding. Well, before I go, captain. Well, yeah. Before I let you uh, go off the rails here, um, I got some got some follow up from last episode. So I just wanted to let everybody know that 60 minutes did come out, apologize for their coverage of DeSantis. They owned up to it, said they're sorry, recognized their mistake. So we do have to give them credit. In the mail this week, comments on our story about disparities in the distribution of COVID-19 vaccine in Palm Beach County, Florida. Viewers focused on an exchange with Florida Governor Ron DeSantis at a press conference. Some viewers, including a retired newsman, applauded the story. Ron DeSantis will continue to deny, refute, call your reporting a witch hunt. I can only hope that you continue to investigate and expose the truth. But many more comments condemned our editing and reporting. Shameful biased reporting, that is what you're guilty of. You are no longer journalists, but lobbyists and advocates. Then there was this. I've watched 60 Minutes for decades. After your biased piece on Governor DeSantis, I will only watch it one more time, just to see if you broadcast this message. I'm Sharon Alfonsi. We'll be back next week with another edition of 60 Minutes. <laughs> wait, wait, way to be 60 I have to, to pretend, I guess, like pretend like, hey, we addressed it. Like we showed like the critical commentary, but we're not going to make any statement about it or acknowledge Check. any wrongdoing. In fact, we will lead by playing a uh, complimentary letter that we received about the coverage. <laughs> and then it's the only one they happen to know. This is a former news person. I mean, and, and, then, and they'll just insane. keep on ticking. Keep on keeping it on, man. Dude, between that and what we saw today from CNN, like... There is no if ands, or buts about it anymore. Like mainstream media is done. Dead I mean, my, my forever. My faith and respect in mainstream media literally can't go lower than it is. No, I don't think that's well, what I mean. Well, like, I don't think it can get worse than this. I put them on equal playing field as Alex Jones, not exaggerating with credibility. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey. Easy. Bite your tongue when you're talking about him. He can be a I'm, little above that. Big Alex. Why? Fans. Why? Why, I, why are I, they more credible than Alex Jones? Because I enjoy Alex Jones. No, he's saying you're disparaging Alex Jones by the, making oh, that comparison. Oh, I, okay. I, I mean, I don't know if I say like Alex Jones. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy Alex Jones. Good pal of um, mine. I understand what you're, I, I get it. I get it. Uh, obviously very different um, ramifications of their comments, but how is them trying to hide the Hunter Biden story and say it was Russian disinformation totally made up any more correct than some of the absurd things that Alex Jones comes up with that are hot takes. Everybody's like, dude, where are you making this up from? To me, well, the same thing. it causes much more damage than Alex Jones does. Alex Jones, like, 
No one, no one can even find him anymore. I was going to say, he just kind of talked yeah. him into the Cast wind. Cast out to the, yeah, the, you know, black hole of the internet. Does he still have his uh, InfoWars show? I think so. I don't know where you find it, so though. It's probably just that. Yeah, maybe I was like, InfoWars.com. <laughs> yeah, right. www.so <laughs> his, his hot takes are, are pretty much safe because not enough people pay attention to him. I found... Um, canceled to be further canceled. I found a good <laughs> yeah. video for what... I envision people who still like love MSNBC and CNN sound like I, I think this embodies it pretty well. Um, this. Okay, this. Okay, this. Um, this. That's it. That's the tweet. That's it. That's the tweet. Uh, that's it. That's the tweet. I got news for you, Lindsey Graham. The blue wave is a coming. <laughs> this. Uh, this. Okay, Representative Ted Lieu is throwing some serious shade. Nancy Pelosi does not have time for this. You, sir, have won the internet. This is the best thing I've seen all day. Okay, Alyssa Milano has officially had enough of Moscow Mitch, and we are living for it. This it. This the tweet. Internet win of the day goes to you. Let me break it down for you, Donnie Trump. Elizabeth Warren <laughs> is Hermione. We's the Harry Potter, and you, sir, are Voldemort. God save America, indeed. Mommy drinky wine all day. That's oh, oh, that's that makes me cringe, dude. That's like every that's perfect though. It is. No, it is. Woman Very our accurate. age and older who posts about politics and social media and like has a blog. That's them. 100%. That's them. That's yeah. them. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Cringe. Hey, All right. On the, well, on the, on the on the flip side, though, I, no, I'm not. You're not starting yet. Don't, don't get excited. Um, good job so far, she, Mo. Keep it up. She, she, I, I will give her. She, she plays the tie delegation of captain responsibilities. <laughs> tells me the captain just takes over. No, you know, everyone's got their different segments. Mine just happens to be the intro where we do. Uh, ties Kanye and, and Mo is Taylor Swift. I'm gonna let you talk, but I just gotta say. And then 20 minutes later, Best still going points of all time. <laughs> this, this, this woman cracks me up. I can't breathe in this thing because every time I put it on, I hold my breath on purpose. So difficult to put on. Like I can't put it on because I'm using one hand to hold the camera. How do I know that um, this isn't full of spice? It's a mask, by the way. Oh. There is no way for me to check. I was diagnosed with a fake uh, disease called spider blindness, where I can only see spiders if it benefits me politically. If I walk around, you know, wearing a mask, someone might mistake me for a medical doctor and say, oh, now you have to pay for medical school. My sister is actually a scientist's neighbor, and she said that you can't get the coronavirus if you don't want to. And this is just another way to silence women. You know, you put this on and you be quiet, but I will not be quiet, okay? I am a Carly Fiorina voter, and my life matters. Also, this is completely unrelated, but the thought of people coming together <laughs> to achieve a common goal makes me physically ill. What if I'm wearing this around my beautiful, gorgeous husband and he says, oh, I can't kiss you because you clearly don't have any lips. I don't see any. And then I have to get divorced. All I'm saying is I feel much safer with cops around. Oh, wait, this is for a different video. Let me delete this. What if I eat it? <laughs> eat it by accident. What if in one hand I'm holding like a big yummy burger and in the other hand I have my mask and I mix them up because I have burger blindness. I would. What's her name, Ty? Uh, Kylie Brakeman. I've seen like one of her other videos before, but um, I started following her, so now I fell into the trap of going down like a little sass, little sass type. Yeah, video yeah little, little sass vibes for sure. 
I'll have to find her. Um, well, I, I had to, I have to do this because a it's the worst show I think I've ever seen in my entire life, literally bar none. And B, we make fun of like SNL and late night talk show hosts for being crazy libs and not funny all the time. So, did you guys see anything about Greg Gutfeld's new late night TV show? I don't even know who that is. I was just saying, he's, he's, he's like a uh, Gutfeld. Okay, Gutfeld. Yeah, <laughs> um, Greg. So he, I mean, he's been on Fox News forever. So he's okay. done a bunch of different shows with Fox and uh, they decided this was their entry into oh, this guy. the late night this comedy guy. scene. This is what was going to draw all the right wing people who want to watch late night comedy, but can't w- watch Trevor Noah. Greg's got it. This is Greg's too got liberal. those guys. All right, here we are again. A brand new show and a brand new Greg. I'm as giddy as Kamala Harris explaining kids in cages. <laughs> or Woody Allen hearing about kids in cages. <laughs> if you've been watching the GG show on Saturdays, welcome. If you love the five and felt the need for more GG, that's awesome. If you ended up here because you thought your TV was the microwave oven, it's good to see you, Mr. President. <laughs> Your pizza will be warm in two minutes. And Hunter, he brought the extra cheese. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He's going to use all his material in his opening. Dude, so I, like, I, I became obsessed with it once I saw this first clip because I was like, holy shit, this is like a parody. Like, this can't be real. But it's real. Like, that was his opening monologue. That was the first the thing. zingers one yeah, after another just these, like that? absolutely horrendously written one-liners and he just recycles jokes like he just makes the same jokes every night like he has one about brian williams here he just does he did it like three times in one show i mean this is great listen to this it's not about the idea at all but using the story to redefine once again what racism is and it's everything except being a democrat the party of jim crow the kkk and slavery I'm just curious, who doesn't have an ID? And if the person doesn't have an ID, don't you think voting isn't really a primary concern? <laughs> Given that it's impossible to rent an apartment, get a bank account, or sign up for my new newsletter on the benefits of gold and silver. You know, now has never been a better time. <laughs> the paid for crowd. But just to show you how absurd this is, Colorado actually offers two fewer days of early voting than Georgia. The good news, Stacey Abrams now claims she's the governor of Colorado. <laughs> we went to CNN for comment. Wow. This is the most racist panel I have ever been on. Racist, you racist, racist, like racist our white male baseball racist, racist, very racist, disgusting racist. <laughs> Does Don Lemon even show up anymore? That part is kind of funny, just a montage of all the CNN bullshit. But well, it was, is, it was if you could see it, which I know you guys can't. It's just like three people just saying the word. It's not like actual CNN. Not like sound bites. No, uh, no, no, I thought it actually was. No. Yeah, I was. Tri- I was bamboozled. Oh, God. Jeez. I mean, that's yeah, they, way they worse. New writers. It's like a cookie Stephen cutter. Colbert. Right. And Thanks. Colbert is pretty damn bad. Yeah, terrible. Like they're all terrible, yeah. and that that is so 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 bad. 
Um, I do have good news, though. Um, I'm not sure if you guys saw it, but, um, you know, like, did you guys see or hear that Kamala Harris is now in charge of, like, the stuff of the border, everything going on at the border? Yeah. I heard she was, and I heard they had to clarify it wasn't quite what they meant. Oh, well, I mean, she she actually came out like a pretty decent statement, in my opinion. What is happening with the detention of these children, the circumstances by which they arrive, is a human rights abuse being committed by the United States government. And so we are here to stand up and say that we are not going to allow this to happen, not on our watch. I will tell you, when elected, the first thing I'm going to do, one of the first things, is to shut down these private detention facilities. Just When that, elected, that was, was an it, was old. This, that was, an <laughs> that was 2019. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kamala. And what, yep. what does she have a statement now that she's in charge of this? <laughs> no, no. Dude, she. I don't think she has one soundbite since she's been elected vice president. I haven't heard her speak once. Yeah. You guys? No, not really. So between the president and the vice president, we've heard them maybe a combined, like on a big stage, like five or six times. Who the hell's calling the shots? <laughs> I don't know. That's Good terrifying. Question. It's not Joey. It's not Papa Joe. It's definitely not Papa Joe. You'd assume it'd be Biden or um, Kamala, Obama. No, Obama's. Yeah, honestly, who, who didn't someone who send that? Obama. Yep. Yeah. He's as I think I forgot the quote. <laughs> like can, always, like bouncing off ideas with it, like Barack and taking his advice on issues. I was like, wait, what? Uh, excuse me. <laughs> Um, now to wrap it up before we hand it over to Jared, you guys, we laughed at this headline, but this is an actual segment on CNN. This was real. It's really important to see all these TV anchors, personalities showing themselves getting the shot. We've seen a lot of vaccine selfies from lots of folks at lots of different networks. Uh, it's been really inspiring to see. You know, the Today Show even brought the, 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 the co-host outside for a live group vaccination this week. And Rachel Maddow on Friday on MSNBC talked about how she was really fearful of the needle, really worried about it. And <laughs> the shot she did, and there she is talking about it on air. So, what a hero. All that to make the following point. Where are Tucker and Sean Hannity and Laura Ingram? Where is Ainsley Earhart and Steve Ducey and Brian Kilmeade? Where are the biggest stars on Fox getting vaccinated? I get it's a personal choice. I get that's between, you know, the hosts and their healthcare provider. Why? But everybody else is doing it, right, Matt? I mean, all across television, all these anchors. Everybody else is doing it. <laughs> Why do you think we haven't seen the biggest stars on Fox News? get vaccinated or show us their vaccine selfies. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I get it's a personal choice, but everybody else is doing it. So you have to do it and show us. <laughs> it's a good thing to teach our kids. Do <laughs> oh, you, can, like, you think when a guy like that, and maybe Ryan Seltzer is pretty ridiculous, but like, do you think when an anchor gets that as like, that's going to be their talking point for the day? They just roll their eyes and they're like, hell yeah, I love this. No, he, I think he relishes in, yes. I think a lot of them love the, like bashing the other networks. I think they really get off on that stuff. And, like, try, I, you, you know, think, especially for him, right? He's like just trying to come off as it's a, it's a virtue signal. That minute yeah, was absolutely just, a, just try. He turned the spotlight on as if he were Batman and just said, I take vaccine selfies. I am better than other people. I can't wait to see those t-shirts. <laughs>
Yeah, because they definitely see themselves as they're the good guys and Fox News exactly. the bad guys. They're right. the morally right guys. Or they yeah. can just take yeah. that other, yeah, they can take that other T-shirt that we looked at and they can just amend it. They can just get new ones and put it at the end. And, and took a vaccine selfie. And took a vaccine selfie. <laughs> All in 2020. Oh, <laughs> Or the last year or whatever. You, why didn't you guys put up vaccine selfies? You're both vaccinated. Fuck. That's what you think. Missed opportunity. Yeah, I mean... I put it on uh, Clubhouse. Shit in my body. Yeah, I don't put it on Clubhouse. Is it Clubhouse <laughs> o- audio only? <laughs> oh fuck! I thought that was like Marlin. <laughs> just, just read the card out loud. I just assume Clubhouse. Oh god, is like, that fucking hurt. <laughs> I just I just assume Clubhouse is like all the other social media outlets. Whoops. All right, Mo. It's your show from here on out. Phillips, you ready to give me access to the ship? <laughs> what do you got? All right, so we got a uh, handful of good topics today. The um, first one we wanted to start with was about taxes and the list of American corporations that paid little to no federal income tax. These are all Fortune 500 companies. Um, So I guess the topic or question for the group is, one, do you think it's okay that those – corporations nike what were some of the other ones amazon netflix um, netflix they're just huge huge corporations yeah like the biggest paid zero or little to no income tax or yeah taxes over the last few years do you think that's okay um and i think we can use that to kind of segue into the tax reform conversations that are going on right now um well, I guess I'll start like, so to answer your first question, is it okay? Well, I guess I don't think it's right, but technically they're not breaking the law. Like that, that's all within like the, the tax code. Isn't that, isn't that right? Like, like they're, they're just abiding yeah. by the loopholes in the system. So I guess it'd be wrong to say like, they can't do that, but should they be able to do that? Well, of course not. Okay. Like, cause you have well, all the, the tax code kind of came from the roots of Reaganomics and trickle down economics. So yes. create wealth at the top for these corporations. They will invest that excess wealth into infrastructure, economy, jobs, development, et cetera. Do, Do we, we think that's actually happening with the well, money they're saving from taxes? I mean, just look around. I mean, I, I don't think it's happening. I don't think we're seeing that money. And this is why trickle down has been proven not to work. This, this is exactly, you know, like like FDR did the exact opposite in the great depression and that actually worked. So I think there's more times proven that when you give money to these corporate pigs and all these massive um, billionaire corporations, more times than not, the the common folk doesn't see that, that return on investment or, or their investments coming back to them in our pockets or on our roads or in hospital schools. I, I mean, I certainly aren't, I'm certainly not seeing any of that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's um, on brand. It's it's somewhere in the middle. It's got to be somewhere in the middle. Like, perfect. Do, do I think we need to go back to FDR's like ninety three percent, you know, wealth tax and <laughs> like no, like I think that's fucking insane. But like, dude, so Netflix posted their largest ever profit in two thousand eighteen of eight hundred and forty five million. And okay. did not pay a dime of taxes. And, and thank you. Prof- if they profit, paid, 
Well, go ahead. Finish your finish that. Profit is literally after you've paid every penny you could possibly pay in investments, expenses, R and D, the bazillions they spend for rights to develop new TV shows, and that's how much money is left. So it's not yeah. income. It's literally after you write off everything you can possibly write off. That's almost how much a billion. Left. Almost a billion dollars in excess oh, profit, and they paid nothing in federal income tax. Nothing. I don't make a lot of money. I looked at my W-2 because I'm so fucking lazy and still haven't done my taxes. I looked at my W-2 the other day and I wanted to vomit the amount of federal income tax. Yeah, Yeah. it's disgusting. It is. It's absolutely disgusting. And the fact that these, the largest companies in our country don't pay a thing is why like, you know, in 2024, I'm going to have to be overwhelmingly compelled to vote for a Republican to ever have to do that again, just because of how they, their stance on on corporate taxes and protecting corporations. Like it's just got, gotten so fucking far out of control that I think it's a huge. I think it's one of the most important issues facing our country right now is just how. And I didn't used to think this way. I used to before I knew what was what. I would say. I would rationalize this by saying like, oh, well, yeah, I mean, I'm okay with it because then that means they can create more jobs and they can provide better benefits to their employees and they can do things like, you know, provide more, um, like a better, you know, better schedules, flexibility, like all that shit, you know? Yeah. And that's just clearly not happening to Adam's point. I mean, no, the article after article about how the rich are getting richer and we're talking about like not even the 1%, it's like the the 10th of the 1% the who own these corporations, their net worth is just like outrageous because they're not doing the things we're talking about. They're not giving their like low level employees a livable wage. They're not giving the best benefits that they can give. They're not giving them, you know, the paid leave that one should get a reasonable amount. And they're not doing any think- of that. No, like think about the fact. So we might have talked about this before on here. I don't know if it's on the podcast or not. Like David Tepper, the owner of the um, Panthers, yep. is the richest owner in sports. I think it's $4 billion net worth or $10 billion or something, something like that. disgusting like that, yeah. So the richest owner disgusting. in sports. And Jeff Bezos has $250 billion. Actually, it's probably higher than that after last year. What's his current net worth? Let's see. No, No clue. Love the Teps. So, so, so two hundred billion after his divorce, he had to give half away. So he, <laughs> two. So he's worth twenty times the Carolina Panthers owner, who's the richest owner in sports. And think of how rich a somebody who owns a sports franchise is. Yeah, this guy's richer than Bob Kraft, richer than the Steinbrenners, richer than the Buses who own the Lakers. Like, and this guy is ten times no. More than that. So if he's worth ten million, this guy's worth twenty times the wealth. Yeah, I mean, disgusting. Like I, I think it is. I, I was grappling with this, you know, after I read that and sent that, um, you know, because I think it is like a. It feels like an un-American thing to do to like, you know, try to pull down, you know, the ultra successful. I, I could, yeah. To me, at least, it has kind of a weird feeling. I don't really like the idea of saying like, hey, you make too much money. 
but if if I wouldn't have a problem, so I guess here's how I would say: I wouldn't have a problem if Jeff Bezos's net worth was that much, if they paid their fair share of corporate taxes. You know what I mean? And yep. I mean, you can't, I guess, totally. Are, I mean, we talked about the horrific conditions uh, and whatnot that they you know, um, make their employees go through, but you know, they have $15 an hour and they have benefits. I mean, they, I guess it could be worse. Um, but I think that's my problem. They kind of like, give them dude, just enough to keep them there. Yeah. You can't be that rich and successful off the backs of these people and totally fleece them. Like, yeah. and, and then, and then fleece everybody else because you're not giving money back to the government. Like we have to, you think we want to pay taxes? No. Nobody fucking wants to pay taxes. If I could avoid it, I, I would. And if, if you talk to Republicans or even um, neoliberal Democrats as well, they'll always go as far as to say any type of handout or tax break for working people is redistribution of wealth. It's not good, right? Yeah. You can't give stimulus checks. Inflation, you can't blah, blah, blah. Yeah, all this but fucking bullshit. T- tell me how all of the tax breaks for these corporations with us Americans workers now paying the large majority of the tax burden is not a redistribution of wealth in the exact other way of just social exactly welfare what it is. or of ex- corporate welfare. I should say it's exactly what it is. I mean, dude, the government would get, I mean, when we think about all the wild figures we hear about in these bills, like, uh, Hey, taxing these fucking corporations might be a good start as to like come up with a program on how to fund some of this shit. Like they would have paid Netflix would have paid on that $845 million. If Biden's tax proposal were to come into effect of going from 21% to 28, they'd pay 236, almost $237 million in taxes. Right. Just that, just that company alone. And and think of what that money could be could, could, what kind of use that money could be put to. That's what I mean. Like you immediately send that money to like schools across the country. Like we're just talking about Netflix. Yeah. Like the, the, these corporations alone could fund portions of what we see in these infrastructure bills and, um, you know, coronavirus relief bills. Like, right. It's just fucking insane to me. I mean, I honestly, at this point, look at trickle down economics and this whole concept as it must have been a like total scam of corporate interests being in Reagan's ear and the Republicans ear. Yeah. And just saying, hey, hey, look, we'll make this work. Yeah. This is what we're going to pitch. This is what we're going to call it. You're going to give us tons of social welfare and, and corporate welfare, tons of tax breaks, and we'll convince these people. It will trickle down to them, and, and it's now maybe they 40 meant it. Years, maybe they years. meant it, right? In the very, very beginning, maybe some of the people that talked about it really believed that they would fulfill that, but it's gone completely haywire. Yeah, and had the total opposite intention. It's fifty years of creating a massive wealth gap and right. stacking the cards so much. That now, when you were to even implement a tax corporate tax rate, it's irrelevant because corporations don't actually pay taxes. That's yeah, that's the thing. Like, how do we fucking? That, that's why, like, every time 
you know, um, Sager and, and all those, um, you know, the people we listen to like talk about this shit. They're always, they always say like, you have to enter the financial system if you want to try to fix these problems. It's yeah. not going to go away with, you know, raising the corporate tax rate. You have to f- like fix the holes and fill the gaps that keep allowing this stuff to happen. You guys saw Bezos is all for the tax um, increase plan, right? Corporate tax rate increase. Yeah. And they were like, well, yeah, he's for it. Like he doesn't fucking pay any corporate taxes. Yeah. So, so he's literally up. saying, okay, so you guys will have all of my workers and all the other working folks in America pay for billions of dollars of new infrastructure and better roads. So I can make more money with my trucks and my delivery and I don't have to pay a penny of it. Sign me up. How is that? Okay. <laughs> it's obviously not. Yeah. And I also think like with a company like Amazon, since we're talking about Bezos, I'm certainly not advocating that governments need to get like super involved in like the regulation of business in this country. Cause that would obviously impact a lot of different levels of, of our society at the same time though. Like if, if, you, if you're worth that much, and your company generates that much and plays that big of a role in influencing policy in our government, you should absolutely be responsible for paying your fair share in some capacity. Like, like it's, I mean, with that much power that they should have to front some, that they should have to bear some of the, the responsibility for this country. And, and I guess as a, you know, humanitarianism for the world, I would think, you know, to help out with problems. If you're worth that much, it, it's just, it's ridiculous when you have, the, like you said, like the, the, the middle class is shrinking, the, the wage gaps are getting larger and larger while people like Bezos are getting richer and richer by the minute. Why not? Why should they be allowed to have that much when so many others have so little? When it could easily, something could happen, something, you know, a, a, a law or, or some sort of, policy going into place with these big corporations that force them to not be able to just slide through these loopholes and survive off of the backs of people who aren't being paid a fair wage and everything like that. So they can make billions. It's just, it's just craziness. I think it's the number one thing I'm most concerned about in the future of continuing the American empire is this, massive wealth gap and all of the concentration of wealth going to corporations in the top one-tenth of one percent because without a working class without a a middle-class economy like that's what made america america the american dream was anybody can come here work hard and provide for their family like yeah i think think there's a semblance of it still but yeah, yeah but but i think every year we don't come closer to a solution for every generation we could say like this is just going to continue to get worse. Like, it's not like corporate interest is getting out of politics. If anything, it's getting more intertwined. Yeah. And that's the thing too. It's like politicians are so willing to stand up to the opposition when it comes to the American people, you know what I mean? And put their foot down on a stance that they have, but boots, you grab, use your bootstraps. You don't need a handout. I use they, my bootstraps. They can't fucking stand up to like 25 people and say, hey, I don't give a fuck if I get your money or not. You guys are paying your fair share. This is how we fix the country. You don't like it? Too fucking bad. I, I, we've yet to see somebody do it. Bernie's kind of talked the talk. He hasn't really walked the walk. But yeah. right. 
Um, what do you, guys, you guys think Nike's gross? Pro- now, this is worldwide, so obviously it wouldn't. This all wouldn't be um, attributed to you know reinvesting in, in our country. But what what was what do you think their gross profit was worldwide in 2018? Twenty billion. Hmm. No. More or less. 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 Sixteen billion dollars. It's insane. Profit. 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 <laughs> so off again, of like, the backs like, of people in China, dude, making like five cents a day. So that's after salaries, after benefits, after all the stuff that we mentioned. That was Everything. strict profit. Wow. That's after stock buybacks. So companies can spend <laughs> tons of money buying their own stocks to one, increase expenses as write-offs, and two, jack up their stock price. And they still had $16 billion left over. Fucking insane. Yeah. That shouldn't did, be allowed did you to guys, happen. Did you guys see the um, chart they showed on Rising today, the percentage of American tax dollars that come from corporations versus um, payroll tax? No. Normal. I only watched so, a couple of the clips today. So since the 70s, it's gone from 40% of American, um, and don't hold me to these numbers, it was somewhere around there. 40% of American taxes came from business in the 70s down to 7% now. <laughs> and it, 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 income tax, so payroll tax of W-2 or 1099 workers um, has gone up from like 12% to like 40%. So we are now shouldering the entire burden and, and small businesses. Nothing. Don't forget small, small businesses get fucked. Cause like your guys, dad's businesses, they don't get all these loopholes. Like no, of course they get, not. they no. get right off. We're talking about rude, massive you get corporations. Car, car leases and other things like that. But like small businesses have to compete with these big businesses without the same corporate welfare, without those tax benefits and all that. Right. Yeah. It's beyond it's messed up. up. It's an unfair game. It's a rigged game. Yeah, it is. It's I think bullshit. the only way we, we start to address it is you got to get money out of politics. The and only way. That's not happening yeah, but that, That's soon. what I mean. Like that's, that's the whole point of it is that the only people that can stop this are politicians, and they're bought <laughs> off. Every it's, one quite, of them. it's quite ironic, isn't it? And it's just crazy. Like, the, like, like yeah. I, I know we pay more attention to it, but it's just like until we start talking about this stuff, like... I never cared to know or, you know, even like before we started getting into it, you know, I, I, I would have just like shrugged that off. Like I said, and just yeah. been like, oh, well, yeah, trickle down economics. I think that's the thing. <laughs> right. Just boom. Answer done. Literally. Uh, like I bet, I bet you if you ask like a staunch conservative, like someone who watches Fox News, they would. I mean, I'm, I'm sure some would have a problem with it, but I would bet they would you know automatically just try to write it off as you know oh trigger yeah. down economics that's that's how you make it happen mic mic drop and then done they, they showed a a great clip from 2008 i think it was or 2009 when obama had passed uh the affordable care act and how it was just a massive payout for the insurance companies so the guy pretty much like called out whoever one of obama's staffer was saying so you guys created a massive new customer base with no options of who these customers can buy insurance from other than these four companies, Aetna, whoever else, big four insurance companies are Blue Cross Blue Shield, and they can't choose their price. And the, the turnaround was within like 30 days, those, all of those insurance companies' stock prices had gone up like 12 to 15% 
from Obamacare passing. So Obamacare was like booed by all Republicans. This is a handout. Corporations are, uh, government's getting too big. You can't do this. And all it was, was a massive handout for these health insurance companies. Crazy. Fucked up, man. Little guys getting screwed. Always. All right. So on a later note, let's talk about the housing (laughs) 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 housing crisis. You, uh, really you like, no. up, Adam? I think you sent that video over. A yeah. light and fun show, always. Definitely. This all is right, I'll a glimpse into Mo's mind all day, every day. So I'll, I'll, all right, so I'll start you guys out with a very alarming statistic. There was some real estate company that did this study and determined that roughly one out of every five homes bought in the United States, the people who bought or the person or group that bought that house never enters the home, never lives in it. So, which that, that fucking shocked me. I mean, one out of five, every five fucking yeah. houses. So um, the video that I sent you guys, so I'll kind of just like, you know, um, summarize the beginning, but uh, Crystal teased it up by showing a picture, several pictures of this like shitty looking house. I mean, that's the- being nice. It's all right. So it, it like, you can't, like so the realtor, the unlive, yeah, the realtor literally wrote like, there's not, not enough safe. done to this house <laughs> to live in it. You cannot be, you cannot go into this house. Like the deck's going to collapse. Everything's outdated. And then some, it was listed at $270,000 the way it was. And as soon as it went on the market within 24 hours, probably a little less than that, 86 offers, were put in on this house. Seventy something of those offers were straight cash, homie, and it ended up selling for just under half a million dollars. Seventy percent, I think it was four hundred sixty thousand dollars it sold for. Seventy percent over asking price, and you can't even go in the fucking house, or you will die. So, and it went further into the fact that that was in DC, right? That was in DC, which again. Yeah is a nice area like for, for the most part around the DC. I mean, not every part of the outside DC area is nice, but there are a lot of nice areas over there. Um, speaking of that, you guys see Sagers has to leave his house. Yeah. Poor guy. But, but anyway, so um, they brought up how like, you know, we're in the middle of this, you know, this, this um, seller's market, like completely seller's market at this point. More than ever. It's like one-tenth of the inventory from like a normal yeah. year is on the market right now. And every way that they described it, like, and, and what I thought was interesting too, before I get into the way it's like similar to 2008, and there's so many reasons why, is that you have these people, and, and, they, and they use the example of like young couples, okay? So like, you know, Emma and I are getting married next year. After that, we're, we're going house hunting. We're going to try to figure that out after the wedding and all that. But I just think of like a young couple like us who show up to a house, check it out. Great. We want to put a bid in and you have all these other bid in. And even if we have the down payment, even if we're willing to pay more than what the house is worth, I don't have $450,000 <laughs> in cash just lying around. But then you and have you're these- willing to- Pay it on a house. Exactly. And, and you have these other yeah. groups. I for, What was the name of the group? Was it PMC or I don't know. I for, forget. The I don't name. know. It's so, some like private equity yeah, firm. So exactly. They're spending less than some of these couples 
would be willing to spend, but it's just straight cash. So of course, if I'm a homeowner and I'm selling my house, like, fuck yeah, just give me the, give me the cash. Just make this a lot easier on me. So people like myself, the way things are right now, I'm not going to stand a fucking chance the way things are going. We're all, we're fucked. Or, dude. Yeah. We're fucked. It's our whole generation is. No, he could luck out and after the bubble fucking bursts well, and, and, and that's tank. And, and that's what <laughs> I mean. I, I hate to say it, but like that might be my only shot at like finding like a legitimate yeah. is it house. Is it bad that I'm rooting for a housing market crash as well? I mean, it, it's scary, but like considering it's just you own a like, home, kind of. <laughs> I mean, I don't care. I'm not selling it anytime soon. Yeah, right. I, so like I would be. I would be concerned about that because I don't want to live here forever, you know? Right. Yeah. So how are we feeling about this? Because this sounds a lot like 2008. There's a lot of similarities between what we talked about a few episodes ago, what you, Ty, and Mo have watched a ton of documentaries on. It's eerily similar. And I have to give Crystal and Sagar a lot of credit here. They've been covering this for a while. I've seen yeah. several videos where they were talking about like this whole moratorium with like, all right, you're not, you're not, you know, not to pay your mortgage or rent right now. And eventually all of this is going to have to come back on these people it's with these homes to. at some point. So it's fucking scary. I, I believe on the, the most scared meter, we're at a 7.5. Yeah. We might as well that's, round that that's up pretty much terrified. That's pretty that's, much. I'm not leaving the it house. It's mortifying. me up at night. Like, like, so like I've talked to people who are realtors and, um, like see them their posts on social media of like what's happening in Virginia is happening literally everywhere. Like I saw Tunde had sold his house in Warwick. Decent cape, relatively like remodeled. I think he listed it for like 275, like nothing special. And he had something crazy, like 40 people showed up to the open house one at a time, brought them through, got like 15 offers, one cash over asking they accepted. That's happening everywhere. And, and I've got cousins who are house shopping and they're like, Jared, we literally like made an offer over asking, agreed to waive the inspection, waive the appraisal. And we still didn't get chosen. So like people are literally paying over. Asking and I mean, that's houses. like dangerous, dude. That's what, that's what offers are getting accepted. Right. Now. I, agree. I mean, that's I what I mean. Like that. that's fucking crazy. I would never do that. And people are buying houses sight unseen, or maybe you saw it for five minutes in an open house, no inspection they're just desperate to get a house like how can this not be a house of cards that's coming down well so like you know i i, I forgot I, it's been a few, you know several days since i watched the video but how did this happen the two factors they say are really low interest rates so the amount you're qualified for is significantly higher because there's less going to interest yeah i mean like the interest and rates it, have been it, the lowest in years right like ever, recently, yeah, ever. ever. Oh, yeah. and the government can't raise them right now. True. No. And the other part is extremely low inventory. So like the inventory well, that's, is that's, at a record I mean. low. How did we get to that point? That's what seems weird, right? Like when will the inventory bounce back? I mean, you would assume that's what I mean. because of COVID, but like. Yeah, because it wasn't this COVID bad anymore. this time last year. No. It started last summer when this got, when it got this crazy. That's what I mean. This time last year, it wasn't a house. There wasn't like a impending bubble. Yeah. So, I mean, you would think it's COVID. Nobody's like moving. But, you know, that's what I'm trying to figure out is like, yes, it, it seems it sounds similar to 2008 where something's going to happen. and It's going to be catastrophic, but there's no, at least from what we can see, like nefarious things that are 
you know, underlying and causing this to happen. And it's just crazy. Like you look at what houses sell for, like not even talking about Newport. Like I'll, I just look everywhere. I look at like Coventry, like Richmond, wherever, just like see what things go for. You're not going to buy a house in Coventry. No, I, but I like, I'll, I'll be curious. Like what a house to go for there. Houses that are shitholes go for like close to $400,000. Like raised ranch hasn't been, updated at all since the 70s four hundred thousand dollars like in newport dude it's six hundred fifty thousand dollars for a gut job like how can houses be worth this much and like what concerns me is if you talk to any real estate professional and i know they they obviously have their own best interests in mind and they only get data from one perspective they say this isn't a bubble they say it's going to continue so, like, if this really is going to continue, how long can housing prices go up like this before just nobody can afford to buy a house? Well, that's well, when it'll start to go back down. Once people start saying, fuck it, I'm not going to buy a house. I'm going to continue to rent. I think there's a lot of dummies who are overextending themselves before that's going to happen. Oh, that's what I mean. Like, right. eventually, that will come to it's pass. The, it's and... the American dream. That's what it's framed at. Do people, like, look at it as, hey, I, I need to buy a house. And and the interest other rates problem, go up two percent though, and I think that changes quite a bit. They've already um, gone up a percentage point, and not much has changed. They're I don't think they've gone again. up since COVID, though, have they? Yeah, they were in like the twos for a while. Now they're like between three and three five. I thought the government had like that set and frozen during the pandemic. So they they control interest rates to the banks. The Fed lends money to the banks. Corporate um, interest rates for lending for homes are tied to corporate bonds, the bond market, whatever that means. So that there's no freeze or regulation on that right now. No, those bond prices have gone up. So that's what's driven it up from like two and a half percent to like three, three and a half percent. So it's still the lowest it's been pretty much ever, but it it has increased some. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, our parents bought their first houses, dude. Interest rates were like 10 to 15%. Right, and they were also. Putting, it was putting disgusting. a house on a credit card, and they were also paying like I don't think my I don't think my parents' house was like even like one hundred fifty thousand dollars, probably less no, than that. No. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's a different world. But the other the other problem too, and and you just like picture like a modest neighborhood, like I, I think of like a Hopkins Hill neighborhood, like you yeah. know something we're all familiar with. And going back to what I was saying earlier, the these private equity firms are buying these homes, again, just buy them just to make a profit and stuff like that. But if they're paying that much over asking price for these homes, eventually, like like a, a $250,000 home, maybe it's now going like someone pays three seventy five dollars for it because they have the cash and they can just pay that. That's going to have, uh, I guess, a good effect on the people selling the house because they can definitely, eventually the prices of the homes around that neighborhood, if enough homes are bought in that vicinity, though their prices are going to like they're the value of the homes that people are living in are going to go up which is good for the sellers but at the same time you do that enough times eventually like we're saying it's just going to make this problem even worse where these homes are going to be so catastrophically priced way above their actual value that you know regular everyone's going to be upside down yeah like it, it made me think of it and, and it's it's interesting to think uh, that in there's some parts of the country where housing prices have been out of whack for a long time. And, and not to say it hasn't been that case around like New England, because it's this isn't a cheap area to live. No, nah, New England's super expensive. No, but like I think of um, um, it's happening down here. 
there's yeah. plenty, of, there's plenty yeah. of land down here. But I think of like, so um, Emma's sister and brother and my brother-in-law used to live in California. And I, I told you guys, I've been there a couple of times to visit them in San Francisco. And if you took their home that they lived in, they, which they were renting, and you dropped it in the Hopkins Hill neighborhood, again, a, a of average neighborhood overall it's you know nothing special but you know there's some decent homes around there it would fit right in with that neighborhood yeah it would be like probably within the 250 to three hundred thousand dollar range and maybe i'm overselling it in that neighborhood in redwood city where they lived it cost like 1.3 million dollars and they they were paying like you know 3500 a month for 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 the rent and it, it was not anything special. Yeah. I mean, they made it, they made it look a little nicer inside, but it was, there was barely, I mean, I'd yard. live in a fucking tent before I paid that in rent or tried to pay for right. that much for a but, house. I would, again, I would fucking if, live in a tent, but yeah, right. But if, if you're living in the, if you're living in the Bay area, you don't really have a choice. So everybody's That's leaving why the California fuck wants to live there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Why people are leaving. So and to get moved yeah. to, move to Texas and Colorado and Arizona and Florida. Right. I just feel like the, these these crazy outrageous prices on homes at one point were confined to certain areas. And it just seems like yeah. it's now spreading everywhere. It's getting completely out of control. And like you said earlier, Jared, like one of the only options is to like move down somewhere in the south and just buy, you know, and even those houses are getting more expensive, as Ty said. But yeah. you, you, you stand a better chance to get more bang for your buck down there than to spend, you know, spend a shitload of money to get something that's very modest. And, and Crystal made a good point in that video. I said, maybe, maybe this next generation of buyers needs to eventually, you know, cause before like, you know, forever, like your, your house for a lot of people was like your status symbol, like yeah. how many bedrooms you had bathrooms, how big your yard was. Maybe people uh, divert back to like, all right, well, this is just my home. It's nothing special, but I have money in other places. It's not something I'm going to use as like a symbol for my wealth. Maybe people start going in that direction, assuming that the prices come down in the next few years. But it's it's certainly fucking freaky, especially for someone that's looking to buy a home. That's <laughs> what I mean. If if you're in the market in the next two, three years, whatever it is, like that should concern you. Absolutely. Because yeah. you're gonna pay whatever so, it is, thirty, thirty percent, forty percent, you know, above what the fucking home's actually worth, like yeah. in a real market is there a chance that the real market continues like this and you're paying 30% more, but that's people aren't making more. I agree with you. I, I, I totally agree with you. Just like, it's just scary. It's even gotten this far. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, th I think you're probably close. I, I would think we're close to the point where people are just going to say like, I can't afford to buy a house. I'm just going to rent. It'll certainly be interesting to see how things like play out this summer. If, if you guys were to place a bet, do we see a significant housing market correction in the next 18 to 24 months? Or does this continue for another 18 to 24 months? I don't see how it's going to get any better in the next year and a half or two. I don't know. I don't know. Does, I bet. Doesn't I, seem I like to be it. trending. Yeah. Yeah. In that direction. Like what events like, oh, wait, could even cause something like that. I don't That's even what know. I mean. Like for in a, in normal market conditions, I don't know how it could happen like that. Like I, I think eventually it has to naturally correct. I don't, I don't know. I'd, I'd probably bet it would correct within two years. Like Fucking if I better. were a betting man, but I don't know. 
I hope so. If not, oh, I'll just right. build a okay, You have a house. And, what are you concerned about? It's not a forever home. It's an investment property. It's not a house I'm going to live in. It's you can like, make that a forever a, home. A grown adult. Make it, uh, make it your forever You can live on one floor. Family. Your wife can live on another and your kids will <laughs> live on the top floor. <laughs> just make it a Mo Palace. And uh, no, I'm good. All right. All right. What else we got on the docket? Let me pull up my handy dandy list. Several topics, actually. Where do you um, want to go? So a couple of good ones. So next we'll do the the Barry Weiss um, article. Oh God. <sighs> so what, what's Barry Weiss's deal? For some reason, I remember that name as being like a super like libtard, but like that article was the opposite. No, she was she was, she is like liberal, but she actually like became famous, not famous, but Twitter famous last year because she um like left the New York Times and said like okay. this place this place is completely rotted out from within and like was public so she, about it. So she's standing now she's up for what right. Yeah. Yeah. By, yeah. So she's now a teacher or was she interviewing somebody who's a teacher? No, that was a teacher that wrote it. Yeah. She, she published okay. that on her yeah. sub stack. Okay. Gotcha. So, so the article was about a teacher in New York city um, who long story short, pretty much had the administration insist that all teachers now incorporate the concept of white fragility and white supremacy into their curriculum. And it's not negotiable. And that, not doing that and not acknowledging white supremacy is equivalent to what were the words, Adam, to like, yeah. like, like, like gun violence, like being threatened yeah. by like being shot or like a knife or I don't know, something. So, so th- this woman had like a very open, I don't know if she used her name or not, but like story about like, is it how crazy is I have to fear for my job to stand up for what I think is right. Like all of this white fragility, white supremacy all this is doing is dividing us more critical race theory critical race theory that's what i was looking for it's just segregating us more um it's making people feel uncomfortable and belittling them and lowering their self-esteem for something they have nothing to do with and she's scared to say that for fear of losing her job as a teacher his job i I think his job is he okay yeah he um can tell mo man he's he is on this shit he gave me a half a day's notice. Oh my God. <laughs> so I think it'd be great to hear from our resident educator to get his opinion on what would happen or what would he do if something like this came to his school system and how do you handle something like that as a teacher? Um, well, I guess the first thing I'll start with and just to clarify, was it administration that, was strongly encouraging th- th- this teacher to, or in, in these teachers in that school. Yeah. To- so I- I'm looking through the column like Jared should have today. And I'm trying to find some. I'm the one who sent con- you the con- <laughs> column. Well, you don't know anything about it. So he says. I have short term memory. <laughs> he says, I was informed by. Uh, so, so he talks about the fact that he he's on this Zoom call. That is white only. Yes, I, I noticed that part. Yeah, I skipped that <laughs> Literally, part. Literally, they have segregated Zoom calls at this school oh in New York. God. Nothing and wrong with that, I guess. He right? raises some challenges to what they're doing. 
And he said, I was informed by the head of the high school that my philosophical challenges had caused, quote, harm to students, given that these topics were life and death matters about people's flesh and blood and bone. I was reprimanded for, quote, acting like an independent agent of a set of principles or ideas or beliefs. And I was told that by doing so, I failed to serve, quote, greater good and the higher truth. Jesus fucking Christ. It sounds mean, a little culty. It, it is yeah. a religion. I, I One of the guys that I follow, like, literally broke it down, like, perfectly. It was like, this part of critical race theory is this part of religion. This part of critical race theory lines up with this part of religion. For real. <laughs> it is a religion. And, like, the, you, you get indoctrinated and you aren't allowed to challenge it. There's a certain set of rules and parameters that, you know, yeah. allow you to go unchallenged. A lot of it's old school insane. religious characteristics, definitely. And I mean, how many fucking stories have we had about this kind of shit over the last six months? Like Lots. it's only becoming more and more prevalent. It's getting further east, dude. Scary. <laughs> was it a public? Was it a public school? Did they say? Yeah, that, that was me. My no, next no, question. Private, private. Okay. So the only thing that gives me pause to like this coming to where I am, being in the public school, you know, realm is that stuff like this, like t- if, if an administrator came in one day and was like, hey, you guys have to teach about like white fragility and make people feel bad about their race and shit like that. People would fucking riot first off. And that's Who's mainly people? based the the teachers. Your peers. My peers. Yes. Um, there would be all these union implications because like something like that, a curriculum, not 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 that a curriculum would have to be collectively bargained, but like making you teach something that's not part of the curriculum that's not collectively agreed upon probably wouldn't fly. But, uh, but to play the hypothetical game, if this came forward, well, think about it, right? I mean, who is going to be the brave person to stand up and say, I'm not okay with this because if you're the first to do it and then nobody else speaks up, then you're like, okay, you're the now, right. Exactly. Or if there's 10 people out of the, you know, union crowd of 50, you know, like that you're still this minority that now unfairly gets cast as like a, a racist, racist or something. Yeah. yeah. So, so it if, could happen. If, it, I mean, obviously, yeah, it certainly could. I'm just saying like in with private schools, it's a lot easier for that thing to happen. Whereas in public schools, there's a lot of hoops that it would have to jump through. But you're absolutely right. It could it could definitely happen. It would a lot of it would depend on um, administrative leadership and a lot of it would depend on union leadership for this to actually work. But assuming it went through, I would have to think long and fucking hard about working at that particular district. And I would certainly be looking to find a place where I wouldn't be forced to, to be indoctrinated to like that crazy ass curriculum that, that they're pushing in places like in the West coast that we've started hearing about. And now they literally we're segregating the kids. Yeah. Yeah, and, I mean, and, and, you know, it's, it's actual it's, racism. Like certain yeah, parts of anti-racism racism are legitimate are racism. racism. It's like reverse racism in a way. It's and just the, like the flipping the table. People who are writing this stuff are looked at as heroes in the liberal eyes. Yeah. So I, I certainly a, would not want to work at a school. To answer your question, I certainly would not want to work at a school that I'm forced to adopt a curriculum like that. Could, could you ever see something like that flying in a working class community like your school system? Like, I guess I should say with the parents, like, I guess I would picture like if something like that happened in most cities in Rhode Island, I could just picture parents and be like, get the F out of here. There's no way they'd be cool with that. 
parents are usually pretty opinionated. Well, we talked about uh, what was that thing we brought up uh, last episode in Rhode Island about the oh yeah the that bill that Republican was... representative right 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 I mean yeah I, yeah, I right. watched the actual newscast and they cast this woman as a bigot mm-hmm. on WPRI. That that's the news though. I I, yeah, I know think, I know yeah. I, I, d- I don't think, I think it depends who you're talking to. This is a, a stay at home mom in Wood Estates. Sure. But are they going to agree to... with that opinion? Right. But are, are these people you're talking about? And I agree with you that it's a majority, like by far. But are they going to be put off enough to actually say something? That, that, that was my question for Adam. Like, do you think they would? In like real life scenario, this is happening in your school system. Do you think the parents, push back and the community pushes back or do you think they're scared I, if i'm thinking of my specific community yeah, that i teach real in, life this is this is yeah, happening to i you. i i think jesus christ <laughs> 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 yes i i think there would be I think pushback his face in almost the hit the camera right? <laughs> <laughs> uh yes i think there would be lots of pushback in the specific school community i work in so i can't say no, that I, for I, other parts of cranston though a better way to try to frame it would be, and I'll ask you to, it's happening in your kid's school. Your kid is a student and this is say, happening. Fuck that. Would you actually go and say something to the school though? I had to think about it. <laughs> it wouldn't, it wouldn't be, it, it, no, I, I get it. Maybe I won't say anything. No, I mean, I, I would certainly, if it came down to my kid being like, in a way bullied by this curriculum into thinking that you're a shithead because of the color of your skin. I think I would say parental instincts would kick in. I'd be like, fuck this. I don't care what it makes me look like. That's my fucking kid that, that is coming home every day, like asking questions like, like dad, like why are we bad people? Are we bad? Why are we racist? Is there something you haven't told me dad? Like that would surrender your white supremacy, dad. That would break my fucking heart. So I think a lot of parents, I think more than, than you guys probably think would probably stand up for, for, for that, that or stand against that shit. I, I would try my hardest to have a very civil conversation first with the decision makers at the school and, and not say what you're doing is unacceptable. I'd say well, I want yeah. you to look at this through, through the lens of how this is impacting our children in a negative way. And right. when that doesn't isn't received well, yeah, then I would just lose it and just burn <laughs> burn things to the ground metaphorically. Metaphorically. Oh my god. No one advocates for more violence on this oh show. Oh my god. There I said metaphorically, there would be no actual fire. Mo when Mo turns that mic that mic on every time we record, he chooses violence. Every yeah. single time. That is the answer. You guys just get a glimpse into what's in my mind 24 7. It's an outlet. A little bit leaks out for two hours every Tuesday. But it, it's interesting to try to think about like what you would do if you're that's your kid, because like I don't know. Like maybe you just say like this isn't worth the fight and you just have that conversation at home. And like what happens when the kid's going back into school being like my dad told me, like, don't listen to this stuff. <laughs> or even my dad worse, said this is a bunch of bullshit. Even worse, I'm thinking, what happens if it makes the news that you're the guy standing right. up against that, this that's and what, your that's, poor kid is exactly. Johnny's dad's a racist. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Because that's you how you pull your kid out. That's and the opposition. To a private school. You're going to send him to a private school? This fucking shit's happened in the private school. This is even worse. I'll say, come back to the public schools, baby. We need kids. 
I mean, listen, listen to this. This, I mean, tell me this isn't fucking. I, I hate. I hate to even say this. Tell me this isn't fucking Nazi Germany. Every student at the school must also sign a student life agreement, which requires them to aver. Not sure what that means. That the world as we understand it can be hard and extremely biased. That they commit to recognize and acknowledge their biases when we come to school and interrupt those biases and accept that they will be held accountable should they fall short of the agreement. A recent faculty email chain received enthusiastic support for recommending that we, quote, officially flag students who appear resistant to the, quote, culture we are trying to establish. Literally like a scarlet letter for the kids that that are non-compliant. Yeah. That are non-compliant with the new... This is actually happening in America. By people who refer to themselves as Antifa, but they're all... An anti-racist. Yeah, and they're racist. (laughs) I mean... What the fuck is going on here? I could not. Really I, don't know what fascism or racism is I, no, because they really don't. No, they're no. trying who, to bring more of it. Adam, didn't you? Who sent the tweet? They were like, uh, Democrats or, or liberals or something are claim to be anti-fascist, but also like advocate for. Oh, that was like, Jared. I think. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll try. Oh, and find yeah, it. that Pull was it like up. fucking perfect. And again, all of this for the most part is also like the, the, the administration pushing this, the, you know, the higher ups for like, you know, the equivalent of the, like the department of education for all these States that are pushing this shit. And like the school boards for these private schools, they're all doing this so they can go to bed at night thinking, damn, I'm a good fucking person. Look what I'm doing. There's no way I could be racist. There's no way I can be a bigot. Look what I'm making my school, my, my student body adhere to. Right. Uh, it's just like a cover your ass. Like, it is. Upward it's the waterfall. Ultimate. It's like, <laughs> I have to cover it's, my ass more than the next person. It's like going to church to convince yourself you're a good person, but you're an alcoholic and you cheat on your wife. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like it, Perfect. Right. So this was the uh, tweet. Modern day liberal. The right wings are fast. Right wingers are fascists. Anyway, we need gun control, vaccine passports, corporate censorship, and modern-day segregation. Oh, and all Trump supporters are domestic terrorists. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, dude, that dude, that's reads not like a joke, like, but that is, that is actual reality. That is the reality we're living in. Like Illusions. Fucking of- conservatives blow. Like, at this point, we've made that pretty clear. But, like, I'd rather hang with the Proud Boys. are fucking out of their mind, dude. They're out of their yeah. mind. Yeah. God, fuck. So, Adam, one of the topics you brought up was union protection. So I think that's a good segue for Amazon Union. Yeah, let's do it. I, I won't say fortunately or unfortunately, but it was it was it. a landslide against the union. Most people did not vote in favor of union. Fuck, are you serious? You God, didn't know that? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm no. quite, I mean, I, I don't think anyone really thought it's they so stood genuine. a chance. I thought it would at least be close, um, but the main, like, I guess when you talk to the organizers, their feedback was like people didn't understand how this union was actually going to benefit them. Most of the messaging and all that was about like BLM and identity oh, politics, yeah, yeah. Yeah. and it wasn't about like, hey, here's how we're going to get you more money or better health care or oh, better God. working conditions. It was very like, let's all be woke together. So it, it, it didn't land well. 
Uh, no, no the, I, I the wouldn't example they gave it. was a like a fifty year old black woman, right? Who yeah. was like, yeah. wait, I need to, like, I'm actually interested in how this is gonna help me. Like, and they're like, well, it's like part of Black Lives Matter. She's like, <laughs> oh, what? Uh, what? Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, like, what are you, what are you talking about? That doesn't. How is that gonna just, like? How's that going to decrease my hours? How is that going to put more money in my pocket? I'm still waiting for the Let me not pooper pee in a bag. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Weren't they accusing like Amazon of like flooding the voting? Like, cause they, they, they voted on this, yeah, right? They pulled, they pulled a DJT and said, <laughs> we're, we're <laughs> contesting the uh, results, <laughs> which I guess wouldn't shock me, but like now, like, like this sucks. Like this sucks even more now for sucks. them. This fucking sucks because now they have to go back to fucking work after pretty much just saying, Hey, we're going to take a stand against the Give fucking the big middle finger to their bosses. Yeah. They literally, I mean, have you guys seen secession? I just started yeah. watching it. Okay. I'll say I won't, won't ruin anything. I was going to use oh, it. You already finished there, it? But pretty much. No, no, I'm on season. Oh. Last episode of season. We're going to watch it later. Um, last episode of season one. Love it. Love that show, by the it's way. It's good, right? They, they gonna, say it's based on Rupert Mur- Murdoch's family, loosely. Yes. Yeah, I've heard All of right, that. All right. Well, so, if that son, the fucking nut job, is a real character, like, I <laughs> which hate nut job? They're which, all yeah, which one? <laughs> I know the main character is a nice guy. Like, oh, Kendall? He's, a, he's a good. Yeah, he is a good heart. But. Yeah, just, just wait. <laughs> They're all nut jobs. Well, I was going to use an analogy from that. But in, in yeah. general, they just said, hey, like we just tried to like not take down Amazon, but like take down the, the structure of how that company works. Because if that union succeeds, it won't be the last to pop up. Yeah. And now they're going to go clock in and go back to work. I mean, that, that sucks. I mean, there's going to, I mean, I would imagine a lot of these people are going to probably get canned. Oh, totally. Dude. Of they're, course. They're, they're replaceable as replaceable. Yeah. Can be. They're packing like, boxes. Like it would have been great for the union part. I mean, it still would have been a tough job, tough hours. Like, yes, things would have been better, but it's still not a like a cushy job by any means. So what things would have been better, but things are now going to get a lot worse now that they lost. This and this would be me out. this would be how I would walk back into work if I were them. You piece of shit! You fucking goddamn no. fucker! Listen, fuckhead! You fucking crossed the line. Get that through your goddamn fucking head. I can see Amazon saying that to the fucking workers. Across <laughs> That's the probably line. more realistic. Yeah, yeah they're gonna have just the videos of Bezos playing of him saying that to workers. Mark <laughs> Bezos. But um, so I guess my, yeah. my question on the whole union topic is clearly this wasn't perceived as favorable enough to vote for by the Amazon employees, which has some of the worst working conditions left in America. Is there still a place for unionization? And is there, is it needed? It's obviously oh. at the lowest rates. Ask ever. Adam, what are the bad things about unions well, that would keep people away? I, I just... The- Bad things I think about you have to look at both. You have to look at both sides. I agree. The good and the bad. Well, I'm just wondering, right? Because I mean, I, I, like a lot of what we hear is framed from the people we listen to, that you know it would directly benefit them in you know a bunch of different ways. But sure, obviously, if 1,700 people voted not to unionize, then like, what would they vote no for? Like, it can't be all good, right? So like, no, we understand why maybe someone would good. say no. I mean, the intention of unions 
is mainly based for the jobs of the Amazon workers, like those kinds of right. jobs. Blue that was collar, the yeah. right blue collar workers. That's where unions, you know, started at as foundation. But I mean, and I've, I've, I've said it myself, like, I, I think there are, there's plenty of pros to unions. I mean, it definitely benefits me to be in a union, but at the same time, it also, it also encourages like laziness. It also, it it's, I mean, there are, there are some other negatives. I'm, I'm having a hard time thinking of some right now, but I, I think the couple they referenced was dues. I don't know if you have to pay dues. Do you? I do, but it's, it's like pennies, dude. Like it's not that much. Like some people bitch and moan about it and people, some people don't, it's like, there's actually in all of Cranston public schools, there is one teacher <laughs> that does not pay dues. Legend. I, I like, why is he in the union then? I, well, he's, he's not. Oh, okay. He's not. He doesn't receive oh, okay. a single gotcha. benefit of the union, which gotcha. like okay. if something were to happen, you don't That's get classic. any. Yeah. Like any, any protection, like those tiny little dues you pay over time, like that's your legal protection. God forbid, like a parent or a student accuses you of something or, yeah. or administration tries to fuck you over or something like that. So for like, I forgot how much it is a paycheck, but like one person it's probably like, more, more significant if you're making $15 an hour. Oh, for sure. Yeah, you're right. I mean, de- definitely. These are these are not like, you know, salary jobs that we're talking yeah. about here. So, yeah, that would be significant. Um, it certainly would help, though. I mean, in the long run, I'd much rather pay that money. And I'm speaking from someone that's not making that's making more than $15 an hour, obviously. So I know it's not the same, but I'd much rather pay the dues because God forbid something happens. I want to be able to have the legal backing that a solid union would provide. Well, uh, I, um, I'm trying to remember some some like critiques too. The, 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 the other big critique was when another large um, distribution center manufacturing floor had unionized in that area. It wasn't Amazon, it was another company. They said, okay, and immediately yeah, shut out. down the plan. Everybody yeah. lost their right. job. Right. Well, those businesses so the have the power that. to do that. Yes. Yeah. There's the fear of that. Which, again, I think my view of unions is totally different because it's in a totally different type of job where that, like, there's no corporate sure. structure and corporate hierarchy that can shut this down. So I guess I don't have a true sense of like what a can what definitely a, not a real union because I'm in a real union, but like, it's not like the union that was intended for that kind of job, I guess. Yeah. I, I think another legitimate criticism would be that it's, it protects seniority versus oh, yeah. productivity. Well, and I guess that kind of goes into like laziness sure. because there's a lot of teachers that will just keep teaching and keep, well, teaching, I use that in air quotes, just to gain that 1% a year for their, for their pension and, and, uh, in other, other benefits of that. And, and they are well protected and, Sometimes. You want to hear a great story, great example of that? Yes. So one of, one of my coworkers told me this. He was so pissed one day. His kid's in Charho uh, school system, and the librarian, they're doing library class via Zoom. The librarian records herself reading a chapter of a book, and when the kids get to her class, she just presses play, <laughs> and, and and it's a they watch a video of her reading for the 40 minutes That's and she literally so she works one hour a week recording herself once to just play the same video on loop for these kids yeah so like that same person is getting the same <laughs> protection and benefits that i'm getting teaching they, like five six yeah. classes a day and it makes um, upward mobility difficult 
Well, I, I guess with the teaching job, it's not like no really teaching's any, different. There isn't yeah, the same, but you're right. Not the same at all. You, you're you're absolutely right. Like if this were like a factory job, like Amazon or a warehouse job, you're right. It, it is yeah, hard you'd to be find like, dude, I'm working my balls off. I'm doing <laughs> eight times the packages as Ronnie over there. He's a lazy and getting, fuck, and they're gonna say, and well, dude, Ronnie's been here for five years. You know what I mean? It's it's unique. right. Yeah, it's fair. So yeah, I, and I I totally get their critiques there, hundred percent. Because so if you guys weren't unionized as a district and teachers, could you be treated like private school teachers where they kind of fire you after three to five years and bring in somebody cheaper? Absolutely. One hundred percent. Yep. You got charter schools and private schools, Catholic schools that, you know, for the most part, it's kind of really have a career there. Not really, not not one that you can rely on for you know longevity, because I mean, there's several teachers I've worked with that I work with in my building still. And I've worked with in the past in other buildings that literally they were like in their eighth or ninth year and they just find out like in the middle of that year. Yeah, we're not we're not re-upping your contract or we're not we're not bringing you back. And and generally it's like, hey, we're going to hire someone else, pay them a lot less because we don't yeah. want to pay you more, which, again, you guys understand that life we, we better than I ever would every year. Exactly. So. Yeah, it would absolutely be like that without a union. And I'm very thankful that it's not like that because that would suck for me to have to like go from, like jump from job to job. And there's no guarantee I'd be getting paid what I was getting paid at a, at a I, job I guess the I was only at. flip side is, you know, you're a good teacher, right? So there's a chance maybe you're getting paid more than, you know, you're the next person. Right. And I, and I would imagine that it's not like a guarantee where like, Hey, you've taught eight years time to go. We got to like, if you're doing your job and the parents love you and the administration, yeah, has a good relationship, there's a reason they're, just like they're a company. Keep there's a around. reason to exactly. keep you around. Exactly. Um, but you know, sometimes then again, to, down to budget cuts and everything, but that, then again, that would affect, that affects us too, even with the unions. So that doesn't really factor in there, but yeah, it would be very much like any other private school, Mo. Like, you know, anyone is expendable, just like you guys deal with that, Schneider. Yeah. So I guess on that topic, Ty, do you think a corporate employee like ourselves deserve more protection? I won't go as far as, say, unionization, but deserve more protection than the current cutthroatness of working in corporate America? Mm. I haven't seen so long as I've been in the corporate life. I haven't really seen, and maybe I'm forgetting people, of course, but I haven't seen anybody get like fired that I, you know, thought it was on, you know, this was unfair or gotten laid off. And I thought like this was unfair, you know, maybe once or twice. Like I, I really don't see enough of the problematic firings or layoffs to make me say yeah. we deserve better. So I would agree with you for the most part. I think Schneider has always done a good job of it's terrible if anybody gets laid off, but they've, no question. they've done it for pretty much performance basis. Correct. Lay off your bottom performers. Yeah. So some people come to mind as like super sweet people who actually did do a good job. Like sucks to have somebody like that. Like after but dude, for 20 years, she's, she wasn't really great at her job. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. But um, so it doesn't make her I, a bad person, right? It's just like you know, if you're like I, you gotta we gotta have at least a little bit of understanding for, you know, the reality of business and 
you know, the reality of costs and you have to sometimes yeah. have layoffs. And that's at least as a worker, I would say that's all I could ask for is allow it to be on just on a performance basis, please. <laughs> like, yeah, I, and I agree with you. So I've got th- three examples of um, layoff situations I've had. Don't drop up. names. So I don't have to go back and fucking bleep all this other stuff out. Well, then, now it's, I go right, then it's not, nobody's going to know who that person is. That we didn't I know. Know, I, I, I know. Then I, I won't go into this next statement then because it's not going to have any value if you don't know who they are. <laughs> Why? Because they're just, people just, that you would never guess in a million years who were given notice to find a new job or they're about to get laid off. And or have already been laid off. People that I've worked with, you mean? People that you know on a first name basis, yeah. All over the last. Sounds juicy. Okay, yeah. Then I'll bleep it out. I guess. Go ahead. So. Um, Gray already laid off as of like a week and a half ago. He was the uh, smart up Tiger team leader, like one of the only helpful people, him and Steve DePerry on the Tiger team. Oh, yep. Okay. Laid off. Um, oh, bummer. Not for- formally laid off, but was given like, hey, you have three months to find a new job. Your position's being eliminated. And that three months is up in two days. So he doesn't have a new job. So he's going to yeah. be laid off. Oh my God. He's got three kids, been with the company for 15 years. Like, yeah, maybe he rubs some people the wrong way, but all in all, a good guy and works hard. Rich Gasparo, same exact situation, was just told he's got three months to find a new job or his position is being eliminated. So, like, these people who have literally been with the company for 15, 20 plus years, just getting axed for whatever reason, diversity well, initiatives, who knows. It's just shipping job, those jobs overseas. Those are or all jobs. Or eliminating. Or, yeah, like, or eliminating those, them. Those leadership jobs, those will just be eliminated. But like, right, it, and consolidated it just, into one other person. Yeah, it just like totally rubs me the wrong way and makes me think, like after hearing names like those last two who do very well, um, that it's very difficult to have an actual long-term career at one company like that like what what the hell do you do if you've been with like those guys in rhode island they're not moving outside of rhode island they've been with the company for 15 20 years to make really good money and support their families and for the most part i've pretty well always been known as like performers and high performers and now suddenly they're being given notice like that sucks so i, I guess yeah but to your question to you like what can be done about that well, like, I don't know if the, if they're saying, "Hey, your job's being moved to Nashville." Like, we love you, we want you to come to Nashville, but if you can't, we need a head there, so we're gonna have to let you go. Like, I think that's an understandable situation. If they but it's don't not, it's, even yeah. offer that, and they're just like, "Hey, man, you got three months," or like, "Hey, man, it's time's up," and it's not performance based. It's like, you know we just need to shave off a few bucks here or there, or, you know, let's outsource this. This isn't as important as we think it is. That's the stuff that's like really pissing it, me it, off. It, it's the latter. And, and sure. the, the rumblings are that it's to improve the diversity numbers in these leadership teams so they can get more yeah. females in leadership positions. I would hope that's not the case. Yeah. Of course there's no way to really know that, but I just, just just feel bad for the guys. Like obviously, I don't think a union's the answer. I don't think you could have a union with like a corporate job like that, or else you just would have people who do nothing. Right. That get away is, with it. Union would be yeah, like every, an over every corporation there. would turn into the government. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds but terrible. It's like 
Yeah. I don't know. It, just, <laughs> it, it leaves a, a pit in my stomach thinking you can do all the right things and be well-liked and still have something like that happen really at no fault of your own. I mean, there are people that did not like Tom, no. Not that, not that it is, that's deserving of being fucking let go, but... And that, that's my point. If you've done it a good job in every job you've ever done, like that shouldn't be a reason because some people don't like you. You're, you're sure. an asshole to some people. doesn't mean you should be laid off. Yeah, agreed. Like, what, what, what the hell do you do if you're in your 40s and you get laid off and you support your family? You're fucked. That's, that sounds terrible. 15 years at the same company. That, that's, I feel like that's unheard of that in, in the corporate life, right? Oh, I mean, it's partly his fault for leaving sales and going into God knows what he was doing oh, at the time. Yeah. Yeah. But so, point, point I, taken, I, I, there's definitely, there's absolutely cases, you know, everywhere, yeah. I'm sure, you know, of that happening. That yeah. sucks. All right. All right. Where to? What do we got next? It's on fire. Mo, you might need a little extra sleep if you're going to be hosting every now and then. Yeah, I might need to wrap this up in a couple minutes. <laughs> um, all right, so we've talked on mo- most of the topics. Let, let, want to do introspective moments and stay woke? Yeah, I think that's like it's almost nine. So yeah, why not? Might as well go and jump into that. So my introspective moment today. Um, so there's, I don't know if you say it's an American saying, but like you've heard the saying that the, in the ideal world, each generation has a chance at a better life than the prior generation. So if you look back at our grandparents, they were what, the, Ameri- the greatest generation they were called? Yes. Our grandparents, greatest generation. Yeah. yeah. The, from the greatest generation wasn't to it the, the boomers. Be- now, wasn't it be- the generation before them? Because grand- grandpa didn't fight in World War II. No, he didn't. But wait. my my grandpa's both fought in World War Two. They did. How old were they? Yeah, I don't know. Well, I thought I, th- I thought it was Greatest Generation <laughs> Baby Boomer <laughs> well, for a long time. I don't know. I, I was like counting when they died. <laughs> you didn't need to count anymore. Like, I think you knew what age. No, forget it. Forget it. I forget what I can look up the <laughs> what the generations are. You might be right, Adam. I, I was just. Well, I, I, I'm just get. I don't know what other ge- generation I'm forgetting, but I, I, we're playing Whatever semantics. The name is, <laughs> yeah, it matter. yeah. So from that generation to our parents' generation, wait, what generation? Our grandparents' generation, potentially the greatest generation. <laughs> <laughs> to our parents, to us. Oh, I, you- I, I got it. Want to hear yeah, it? Want to hear it? Yeah. yeah. So Ty was right. Greatest generation yes. was 1901 to 1927. Then the silent generation. <laughs> oh, not good. Well, when, when was your grandfather born? 1930-something. Okay. Early 1940s, something like that. Um, silent generation. Then there, was gen- then there was baby boomers, Generation X, Millennials, Gen Z. And apparently the, the next one is Generation Alpha. What? Oh, I don't know how accurate these are because I think everyone kind of come not everyone, but like there's multiple designations. But yeah. I didn't I've never heard of the silent generation before, ever. Because they're silent, dude. There you go. But anyway. <laughs> Wait, what did you just say that sentence again? Me? No, Adam. I said I've never heard of the silent generation. <laughs> <ever>. <laughs> no one ever talks about him, apparently. Clearly. Incredible. Like, next time you see grandpa, ask him. 
Guys, I just, I j- this just went through my head. I have never even <laughs> heard of the silent generation. Uh, didn't even cross my mind that that's how it sounded. Not once. <laughs> but anyway, Jared, I'm sorry. I keep interrupting. So through three generations, do you think that that has rung true from our grandparents to our parents? Was their generation, was their lives better than our grandparents' lives? And do we have a chance at a better life than our parents lived? Um, <laughs> Ty, you want to go? I mean, I really don't. I really can't answer the first part about whether they had a better life than their parents. I mean, I don't know. I mean, that's how the saying goes, but you'd have to ask, you know, our parents if they'd feel that way. Um, and do I think it's the case with us that we'll have a better life than our parents? I think it's, I don't know. I don't know how to say it in a general term. No, no, I, 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 I don't really know. <laughs> I don't really know how to say it in a general term because it's like some people are some people I know. I just like I'm. That's why I'm not really saying anything logical. Is I'm trying to like think of people I know and try to compare it against you know their parents. I think in some cases you'd say yeah, definitely. In some cases you'd be like I know, probably not. Well, I think it's all about opportunity, right? Do you feel that we have the opportunity? presented to us to have a better life and better circumstances than our parents had presented to them. I don't mean, I'm sure there's data out there that says one way or the other. I mean, I, I would say no, just based on our general theme of American life in today's day and age. I mean, our life's great, but you know, in general, um, I think there were probably more jobs available. There are more companies that were, manufacturing here um and building here so i would probably say yes yes or no or yes he said yes oh well no 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 to (laughs) the fact that no i do not think our generation has it better off than our parents did so what if you look at it beyond just like jobs and economics what if you look at like the access we have to information, media, entertainment, travel, um, things like that. Do you feel like that changes things a little bit compared to like our parents grew up with four channels on a TV? Well, it doesn't. It doesn't. I'm only giving you straight answers tonight. <laughs> <laughs> elaborate. Well, I mean, yes, of course. Like, I, I think that what we have in like this piece of technology i'm holding my phone is like the most insane thing ever like when you just look back at like the evolution of technology like and literally since we've become adults and by by adults i mean since we've become like 18 years old it's only just skyrocketed yeah like you know we're able to I do mean- so much more with so less where you have so much more technology available at our fingertips but i think we're also like more mentally fucked up could have could have even pictured three people sitting in three different states staring at live video footage of each other having a conversation to have that conversation posted for everybody in the world to access with no professional audio video experience or equipment. minimal you think expense they would have 
and minimal expense and no wires or cables yeah. that they could have ever pictured it just that travels through the air no yeah. of course not no but like i said the the flip side of it is like dude we're definitely like fucked up and like have all sorts of like addiction issues to phones and, and stuff like that i believe that wholeheartedly so i mean so they fuck, that's us. a it's a tough fucking trade-off to way in your mind to say one way or the other do you feel that you could classify us as a more lonely and um i wouldn't say mental health issues but like more lonely anxious depressed generation than prior talking about like you specifically or (laughs) no no, just in general (laughs) like our generation adam across the masses I mean, here's a better way to frame it. Would you consider us happier than our parents were at this point in their lives? If I talk about uh, me personally, yes. Only because like, I talked to my parents about what was happening when they were this age. Yeah. I, like, I would will say I have it, it as good as my yes. parents later in life? You know, TBD, I, I hope. But like right now, if I measure it, you know, comparatively, I would say yes, and he would probably say yes. Do you have a thought in your head? Uh, <laughs> I guess the answer is no. After that look, holy <laughs> shit. You call me out. <laughs> <laughs> Oh um, shit! This needs we need to like post the videos of these sometimes. <laughs> Make a YouTube I channel. I I think it's tough to. I, I think at a macro level, I think that we are a significantly less happy generation than I think prior generations. But I, I think to you know kind of your earlier point, a lot of it is self-inflicted. We have so many indulgences that we kind of create isolation and loneliness and anxiety and um, things like that that didn't ever even really cross your mind in our parent generation because the only thing to do then was to be present you couldn't replicate what happens now like there's nothing to compare it against yeah you you got married and had kids at 2022 because there was literally nothing else to do like you didn't leave your hometown you it was a different world like I, I think so right, many I think of, of the some things... of the shit, like the places we've all gone, oh, God. incomprehensible at such a and, young and, age. And just the amount then. of information we've consumed. We're more woke. Definitely, we're way more, more woke. woke. But That's like, dude, sure. like the amount of like things we've seen on social media about like amazing places to travel to and amazing restaurants and FOMO oh, and your yeah. friends being in high school, your friends are at a party and you're not invited, like. Instagram chicks. Imagine, like, dude, luckily we didn't have Instagram. <laughs> Could you Instagram imagine life models. without that? No, no, I was going to say, luckily <laughs> we didn't have Instagram models and social media when we were in high school or middle school. Like, how does that not totally mess up the psyche of boys and girls to just have their entire social media thing filled with people with filters so they don't even look like real humans? Like, how does yeah. that not mess up somebody's psyche? Yeah, we, we are definitely more mentally fragile than any of the past generations. That's especially yeah. our parents and grandparents for sure. Cause they never had to be experience any of this stuff. I literally think people that were born like you guys are older than me. So like 
two or three years after or went through high school, you know, two or three years after us, like their life was so much different because that social media train started when they were, you know, in sixth grade. Yeah. And for us, it started, well, I mean, junior I space was like junior year, right? Yeah. Sophomore, yeah. junior year, probably. And you didn't, you didn't really post much on MySpace. Like it wasn't, no. you didn't go spend hours just looking Facebook at for us didn't become Facebook until probably like junior year of high school for me, senior year for you guys. That's fun. Like, it was really just a place like upload pictures. Right. No, people Maybe would use it like they walls. use Twitter now. Like, right. Like, oh, what Adam the hell? is like, doing this. Yeah, yeah exactly. Going exactly. Here, yeah. Which yeah, I, but it also, it, it wasn't corporatized. It was actually people you knew on your Facebook feed. Now, dude, 80% of a social media feed is like curated, not things that you know. Yeah. It's not people you know. Yeah. It's curated. Exactly. Yeah. For, ads for everywhere and shit. Yeah. It's a lot, a lot different. All right. So what, what's your actual answer? Are you sticking with no tie? Um, yes, because I think the stuff we talked about with like opportunity when it comes to jobs and whatnot, um, I don't think it's as good. And I think that's such a huge part of, you know, what makes people happy is like being stable and being able to provide and make a living. Reaching that floor of just financial stability, right? Knowing you have a roof over your head. Yeah, it was a lot easier back then, I think. Right. Sure. I think it's yeah. fair. And to Ty's point, like there was a time when the the way you got a good job was, you know, you worked your butt off doing like the blue collar shit and working as a kid. But you, it was also like, how like, hey, I know this guy. You should have given him, give him an interview. You didn't have to spend 50, 60, eight, like 80, $100,000 to go to school to get a degree and then have to just to do you the know, same stupid fucking the job. Same exact thing. Yeah. And oh, by the way, you have 100K in debt you got to pay off over the next. Like Ro- 15, Rob's dad, years. dude, is a perfect example. Like he's a few, a few years older than my dad, but like didn't go to college. Like graduated high school, started working at Pfizer, worked there for like 50, like, no, not 50 years, uh, like, you know, 30, 40 years and retired with like a pension and everything like made it he was ended, just a up, ended up making a great living. Yeah. Like worked his way up through the company. Yeah. He wasn't like a big wig or anything, but he made a, you know, a good salary and had good benefits. You know what I mean? Got a pension so it could retire easily. And that like would live in the good never life. ever happen today. Nah. No shot. There's, there's, there's very, no very chance. little opportunity like that. Yeah. Sorry, Adam, what's your opinion? Oh, your man. parent what generation ha- versus grandparents generation and then our generation versus our parents. I mean, I would say my, I, I would imagine if I asked my dad and my mom, like, Hey, like, would you say that your life was better than what your, like what your parents were living? I think they would say yes. I mean, I, I think of like just the difference in, in like the, like gender roles and things like that. Like, like back in the day, you know, I, like, Ty and I's grandpa was the only, you know, only one that worked, started out at a booth for Allstate at Sears and shit and worked forever, worked his whole life, made, made, made out pretty well for himself, was able to support four kids on one salary while our grandmother, you know, got God rest her soul. Like she, she worked her ass off at the house and stuff like that. But similar to how my poppy and my me mom lived on my mom's side, you know, he worked all the time. She didn't five daughters. 
And I, I bet if I were to ask like, Hey, like you growing up then compared to like, or you living, seeing how your parents lived compared to how you lived like early on before you had kids and like early on with kids, I would imagine they would say, yeah, it's much better. Cause like that hard work led to me getting the opportunities to do what I do now, I guess. So I would say yes. Sure. And the second question was, are we better off because of our parents? Are or, we better off than our parents? Do we have a better opportunity at a great life than they did? I mean, present circumstances, I would say probably not right now. I mean, I, and I know this is a product of the times, but like, and I know we talked about this earlier, but like my parents bought their first house for less than a hundred thousand dollars. Like that, I know it's relative to the times with the money and all that, but it's not that. Pretty, pretty much anybody who wanted to buy a house and had a full-time job could have bought a house. Right. Then. And, 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 and not, not, not just because it was expected because it was more accessible. Yeah. Nowadays it's, it's so much more complicated with things like that. Um, I, I can't imagine having like three kids and having to put them through college. Not that I would ever say like I'm putting three kids through college, but like you, you could conceivably as, as difficult as that would still be, I would imagine it'd be more difficult for me to do that when I get to that age than it was, you know, for, than it would be for my, you know, Oh well, yeah. I mean, what do you think dad, a four, de- four year degree costs back in their day? God, not even five grand. Like, I was going to say, I was going to say $10,000. I was going to say like 10,000. So I probably overshot it. And literally we, I went to a state school and it costs like, I don't know, 15 grand a year. Yeah. Right. And that's just for like tuition. That's just for going to the school. And that was without room and board and all that. That's what I mean. Yeah. 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 That was, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I would say it's, I mean, to, to think to, it's like, you know, we, we all had great childhoods. Like we all grew up in, in stable homes. Like, and I always think, I always think like, it'd be really nice for me to replicate the childhood I had for, for my kids in the future. But a lot of that was based off of having the money to do certain things. Yeah, I hope sure. your kid likes the office. Say that. Oh, he <laughs> sure fucking will. He, how the, he, I fast forward to like 40 years from now, <laughs> Adam's son has a podcast. He gets asked the same question. No. <laughs> Definitely not. I had it way shittier than my dad. Yeah, my life fucking sucked. <laughs> I can still hear the fucking office theme song everywhere <laughs> I go. <laughs> As the kid's got his VR goggles on, that is kid, come watch this on the tube. Oh man, but yeah, like I, I just can't imagine, and I'm I'm sure all three of us at one point in our lives will we'll make it work. We'll do what we have to do, but like. The, the age of having big ass families and being able to provide for, for all of them in some capacity until they're old enough to go to school and get jobs is, I don't know how much longer that's going to be a thing if, if things continue the way they're going. So I, I think already it was already everybody needs two incomes in a family nowadays, right. two right. good incomes. Right. So yeah, I would say that our, our, our lives are probably going to be a lot more difficult than, than what they had to deal with. Not to say that, that, that our parents didn't have to do tough things because they obviously did. I mean, they worked hard, you know, and it shows where like the, the neighborhoods that we all grew up in and, and, and the stuff that our parents have been able to do um, like for recreational thing, like purposes, like the jobs they have, like they're, they're doing fine and they didn't just fall ass backwards into any of that. But even if we do all those things right, this day and age is going to be wait for with, with, with the way things are going. Sure. I was just thinking about how that would actually go in Adam's household and his 
kid doesn't want to watch something, it'd be like, hey, come on over, watch The Office. Like, Fuck you, dad. <laughs> you fucking <sighs> ruined my life, dad. Uh, all right. All right. Uh, come on back in. We'll, we'll, we'll watch whatever. SpongeBob. Come on. Oh, man. <laughs> And he'll sure. go. He'll go into the office in the dark. He'll be watching it from a laptop. I sure fucking hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I know. I have the, these horror stories. I always tell you guys about these kids that like, like lately. I'm in, like our guidance counselor came into one of our team meetings today and was like, "Hey, I just want to let you guys know that uh, the student, um, you know, Cadence said that you should make she that name up." No, that's that's oh. the student's actual name. <laughs> I was gonna try to make up a name, but I couldn't I think know, of one. That's so. why I was like, <laughs> that up. It's just like uh, the guidance guy was like, uh, Cadence. Cadence's mom called and said that she, the student, Cadence, has decided that she is ready to come back to school. And I think like, oh my god, these fucking kids are just running these parents' lives, and the, and the parents allow it. It's gonna be you, Adam. You're gonna call and say, hey. <laughs> Little, little AJ, little Adam Jr. has AJ. Got a little time. Right he's not back. coming in. <laughs> <laughs> if I drop him off, <laughs> no. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be a stern teacher parent. I think. Fuck you, Mr. C. <laughs> That's always one of like. I'll if garner. I want to laugh ever, like, I just think about that happening hey, in the classroom. Fuck you, Mr. C. <laughs> <laughs> It will have a big sigh out of Adam. <sighs> Fuck. All right. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> well, I don't have a lot of teeth there. I can't say fuck uh, you right back. Hey, calm down back there, right? Usually <laughs> hey. retali- retaliation law. If somebody tells you to F off, you're allowed to say F off back to the kid, teach him a lesson. What would you do if that happened, Adam? <laughs> <laughs> I have no fucking idea. So I don't want to fuck off. Kid, principal's office right now. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I would certainly like. I would definitely like raise my voice and like and get administration involved. Like, I'm not getting. You want to fucking go, kid? <laughs> hey, everyone else, get the fuck out of the room. Yeah. Clear out. <laughs> it's like speaking of the office. It's like when Stanley tells Michael off, yeah. and then Michael's like, "All right, everyone, get out of the office." <laughs> That's gonna be me. All right, kids, get get in, get in the pod, and then just you go, go up to him. Hey, can't be doing that. Hey, come on, come on man. Be nice. You hurt my fucking feelings, man. <laughs> I don't get paid enough to deal with this bullshit. You understand uh, the concept of unionization, kid? <laughs> Let me tell you I'm something invincible. about union dues. Have you seen the rising? <laughs> I pay more each week than you get an allowance, so I am protected. <laughs> Taxation without representation. <laughs> kid just fucking get money it. out of politics, kid. Can right. you do it? The kid I just pay spits more it in my face. Than Amazon. Adam <laughs> gets fired. Oh man, just reamed out. Done. The union's like, yeah, we're not going to provide protection. Yeah, you know You're what? Done. This this is this is a line, and you, you fucking hey, no, you close. fucking cross the line. <laughs> Uh, How do you guys think you're gonna be as parents then? Since we're on the top, you piece of shit, you fucking goddamn <laughs> fucker! Listen, fuckhead, you fucking crossed the line. I don't know. That was gonna be a softie too. 
I'm concerned that I won't be. I want to be somewhat soft. Like, I want to be nice. He's going to be one of those parents smoking weed with this kid at, like, 13. Please. I don't even smoke weed by myself. (laughs) (laughs) I've been accused by my younger brother as being a a third parent sometimes. So, I don't know if that you 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 would always act like a third parent to Noah. 10 years younger. It's kind of, it's kind of weird. It changes fucking diapers a few times. Yeah. It's a weird thing to think about. So you were saying you were ready to parent a child and you were 10 years old picking fucking boogers and couldn't even jizz yet. No, I didn't say that, but I could change a diaper. I learned not that that equates to parenting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. You guys want to get woke? Let's get woke. Let's start with hospitals. Okay, specifically Boston. Yes, Boston area hospitals. So specifically Brigham and Women's Hospital. I guess it's a a world-renowned hospital. Yeah, I heard of that. So they're piloting this new initiative that uses a reparations framework that is pretty much targeting preferential treatment to people of color, specifically African-Americans and Latinx people. Latinx. Quote, the program would offer, as I said, preferential care based on race and race explicit interventions, according to the two people that wrote this. I don't know their names. I didn't write that down. So they actually quoted this in there. And I didn't really think about it, like, because I'm I'm not going to say I went out and searched this, but they had it right in there because this article is very anti um, this, you know, this race based initiative. And they quote the fucking Civil Rights Act of 1964. So tell me, tell me if this violates this, uh, violates this act. No person in the United States shall on the ground, grounds of race, color, or national origin be excluded from participation in, be denied the benefits of, or be subjected to discrimination under any program or activity, including education, healthcare, housing, and social services. Hmm. And this is one of what a hundred examples we've given about how <laughs> that gets broken in every one of yeah. those institutions. Yeah, pretty much. Um, no one seems to be talking about that. Not seeing that being referenced in anywhere. So I, I appreciate whoever wrote this article, including that, because like you said, you can apply that to a shitload of things. We can apply it to the fucking New York school system that were the, the debacle. Like, can you just do it without saying it. Like that's how it's worked for white people. So if we want to flip the script, just don't say it out loud. Just don't. Yeah. Just don't be loud about it. All right. Advertise that you're doing it. No, exactly. All right. Next on the hot seat an all too familiar guest is whiteness. Okay. So here's a tweet. They're just fucking talking about beating a dead horse. Yeah. Right. Seriously. It's like that. Uh, I think it's a Family Guy's meme. It's like, no, I think it's Simpsons, and the and the kid just like, stop, he's already dead, like, <laughs> kicking the class. It's literally what it is. All right, here we go. Ready? If you are white and your black and brown friends are not regularly challenging your whiteness, chances are they don't trust you and are absolutely talking about your whiteness. It's sorry, just not to you. So they're just talking behind, talking shit behind your back. So if you want to avoid getting shit talked by your friends, by your fucking whiteness, make sure you just come out with it. How many friends do you have to worry about that happening with Adam? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Next on the topic. uh, (laughs) Next on the list. Oh, man. Yeah, I got a really white 
white uh, friend group. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Maybe I read. I need to even take a step back and really think about this. Do you even know a person of color? <laughs> I know people of color, dude. Carly <laughs> like Reese. Personally? Do you, oh, Carly. Yeah. Carly's at the top of my list. I, think. <laughs> I guess you do know her intimately. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> have you talked to her <laughs> recently? Uh, no, I have not. Not sure I've communicated with her since, uh, you know, that that one time since then. Man, that was a long time ago. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I was a different man then. But yeah, I guess yeah. I don't I don't less, have a lot of racist. I don't have a lot of racially diverse friends, I guess. It's not good. <laughs> oh fuck. All right. Next on the hot seat is Wikipedia. Wicca fucking Pedia is in the hot seat. Now get this. The get Toronto this. St- get the- <laughs> Greg got found. Get this. <laughs> this. <laughs> this um, that is the tweet. That's the tweet. Uh, game over. No, the, the Toronto Star reported this. And here's the title of the article. Wikipedia is one of the most used sites in the world. It has pages about famous figures, history, and even fictional dogs. But the gender and race gap on the site is stark and long documented. Do you guys know, you guys, you guys want to remind the listeners who is the one or who are the people that write the Wikipedia pages? I think anybody can. Any world, fucking buddy. People. <laughs> anybody can yeah. do it. Anyone can go on there. They can write whatever the fuck they want. They don't have to pay anything. They can write about any diverse like cultural topic that they want to. They can uh, perpetuate. They can talk about BLM. They can talk about critical race theory and everything in between. They can talk about everything. They can edit whatever they want, whenever they want. They're acting like Wikipedia has these writers that are specifically choosing to ignore the quote, you know, race gap and gender gap that's been, you know, long documented. Like they, they can people, anybody can go on there and just and write to their heart, heart's content about what they want to write about and apparently that is being canceled as well you I guys are on wikipedia for uh starting the coventry crazies i don't see it on there anymore though i got canceled i, I guess. was just thinking about that so no they, they, they must have updated it recently or maybe it's part of this ago. cleanse fuck so i guess so i can add us to the hot seat all right next in the hot seat people who hate sweatshops Oh yeah, I saw this. So I didn't I'll be honest, I didn't read this article at all, but the title is Why You Shouldn't Knock So Called Sweatshops If You Care About Women's Empowerment. So I guess what they're saying is is that, you know, women in these countries, and I guess I have to agree, and this is terrible, they rely on these sweatshops in order to get some kind of wage. But it's terrible that like when people people are obviously calling out sweatshops and, and we've done it before. I mean, we talk about, you know, the the, the stuff with like we China. We, we did it today and, and with Amazon and stuff like that. But people aren't even allowed to call out sweatshops that take full advantage of their workers and w- withhold their their civil rights and their human rights. We're not even allowed to critique them. So that is neoliberalism 
defined. <laughs> Pretty much. Truly. All right. Next on the hot seat is mispronouncing names. But not just any names. Asian American names. So the LA Times wrote this article uh, and the title of it is it's like, well, it's a common. It just says commentary. I'm assuming it's an op-ed of sorts or something like that. I don't know if it's like a legit article, but it's titled The Casual Racism of Mispronouncing an Asian Person's Name. And the premise of it is there was uh, this awards show or, or ceremony that called the L.A. Community Ovation Awards. And there was this person named Julie Lee. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of her. She's an actress. I looked up movies for her. I've never seen any of the movies that she's in, but she wins an award. And I guess the person not only mispronounced her name, but used the wrong photo of her. Like after <laughs> it's a wrong name and a wrong picture. Yeah. So the commentary in the article, uh, you know, categorized this as passive racism, mispronouncing names, because I guess people were commenting on some article on this awards show. And we're asking like, is it pronounced this way? I don't really, I don't really understand. So the, the, this particular, uh, Racist. Part of this, yeah, I know, right? Um, this this comes right from that commentary. Mispronouncing someone's name accidentally or on purpose, at the very least, demonstrates a selective laziness to learn the correct way to address or acknowledge a person. The name is perceived as particularly difficult only because, only because the sorry, it's beyond the white European names that have been deemed normal. So that's why we have trouble mis like we have trouble pronouncing ethnic okay. names. So quick quick question. My one and only question to this person. Yes. How do we then learn how to properly say them without being racist? That's a great question. Got us putting a real fucking pretzel question. right there. Don't you dare fucking ask how to pronounce it. Sorry. Yeah. Don't you dare. So you just got to guess. And if you're wrong, you're <laughs> yeah. if you're right, you're good. Strike three. Get yeah. the fuck out. And last but not least, and this might be the worst. I'm going to try to start saving like the most shocking of the stay woke topics for the end. But I, I, I think this. This is near uh, and dear to your heart. Yeah. So I'm a big. So the, the hot seat is the Simpsons. All right. So. Uh, not, not for any real reason like that you'd think the Simpsons no. would get. <laughs> no, canceled. the Simpsons, you know, they're certainly it's not more like of a, a self family guy. Yeah, it's a self cancellation. You're right. So the the actor Hank Azaria, have you guys heard of him before? I know who he is. Yeah. Like he's been in a bunch of movies. That yeah, TV look shows up, and shit. His face. Yeah. Um, so recently in a in a report or, or like a an interview, I guess. So he he's the voice of the famous Indian character on The Simpsons, Apu. So like everyone knows. Yeah, hold Apu. up, hold up. Can you can you say it like he says it and with his accent? Welcome to the Quickie Mutt. <laughs> like it's a classic character. He's hysterical. Like there, like there's like an episode I guess of him like becoming naturalized and apparently like, people comment on it. it's like this is like very accurate like how this process works. Like I don't know. Like I know it's meant to be funny, obviously, but recently, um, pe- you know, because of the wokeness. Uh, even if it's a cartoon and it's meant to be comedy, you're going to be held over the coals if that character is seen as racially insensitive. So Hank, Hank um, Azaria, as Ty said, kind of like admits it's to this. Voluntarily said, yeah, I'm awful. 
So, and there's a quote from the article and he says, a 17 year old, he's never seen the Simpsons, but knows what a poo means. <laughs> it's practically a slur at this point. All he knows is that is how his people are thought of and represented to many people in this country. So I guess you're talking about like, you know, your, your typical teenage Indian kid when they think of like, oh, what am I supposed to be like? I guess they're thinking of a poo from the Simpsons. And Hank Azaria is like, hey, sorry about that. I'm going to pronounce for the last 30 plus years of being the voice of a poo, which I had no idea he was even on that show to begin with. So that was news to me. But oh, I'm fucking offended then for Beavis and Butthead, Butthead, or what was the other fucking? Um... <laughs> yeah, that's that terrible depiction of <laughs> white people. <laughs> what was the other one who there? His dad would like drink beers and wore a hat, and he was like this little fat kid. Oh, King of the Hill. King of the hill. Yeah. yeah, King of the Hill. Another fucking horribly racist, terrible depiction of Texans. Yeah. So, Ty, you should take personal offense to that. Uh, I fucking do. It's why I'm bringing yeah. it up. Right. So, yeah. You guys saw watch. Sager's response to that, right? I did. I haven't good watched for, that clip Good for yet. fucking him, man. I, I just, I don't, I don't I know fucking, if it was I'm in love with him. I just saw he posted it on social media. Oh, he yeah, I did see that. that. I did see that. On behalf yes. of Indians everywhere, apology not necessary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we didn't ask for it, and we're not going to accept it. I think Sagar's point was like, literally, this is like, right. It's 10 people who said, I'm offended by this. And he had to come out and and share his story with an article. Yeah. None of the actual group of people that are being quote unquote targeted. It's all even if they were the, I mean, the odds of finding them are as much as getting a blood clout from Johnson and Johnson. Took the words right out of my mouth. (laughs) How's that for full circle? Wow. We did it. All right. You guys feel woke? I'm exhausted by this. That's what we I'm going, that's what I'm going for. Positive topics. Well, that, can you help us out there then and contribute to this <laughs> podcast? <laughs> what do you mean contribute? All you did was talk about how we're not going to buy I said, homes. I said, no, I said, and... I said, Mo, you're running the ship tonight. He goes, all right, what do you guys want to talk about? <laughs> Bo, all you did was remind us that, remind me, I'm not, I'm never going to be able to afford a home. Amazon workers are never going to get the protection they deserve, and my life is not as good as my doom and gloom show. Jesus Christ, you just brought me right down right before bed. That's not healthy. Sorry, you're you're going to run it back next week, and I want positive vibes only. That'll be. The title for well, that should show. be yeah. Any topic that we bring up next week. Oh, you know what we never only did nice stuff. We never did the literacy test. Oh, oh Jesus! We all forgot. Oh, that's not going to well, be that, positive vibes next no, week. No, but it'll be fucking hysterical. It'll be fucking. Hysterical. So we'll do that and PDO, right. positive will, vibes. Tomorrow only. I will. Well, so I guess the only problem is, <laughs> what was that? No, I'm PDO. just laughing at you being like, yes, yes, we have to do that and be like. Well, no, 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 no. Yeah. The only problem is, is that like, how would oh, that work at, for like, look at Jesus Christ. <laughs> it hurts. How would that work for like audio? What do you, you know? Like, Literally. obviously you guys are going to be able to see it. Cause I'll send you a copy of it and everything. And I'll no, you're going to, is but, it questions? Well, that's the thing. It's not, it's not what you would expect from like a literacy test. So 
You're gonna have to go through it and pick out some things. All right, that are I'll, I'll go through it. I'll go through it based. and yes, yeah, so I'll 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 vet it and and make sure I can. You know, find we're also enough. gonna do a little, little teaser, a little preview. I want us all to come up with like three songs that not like not our favorite songs, but like po- super popular songs, like from 1991 to now, and we're gonna play them for like 10 seconds. And the other two people have to try to guess what it is, and we'll see how good. And we'll see how like good we name are. of the song and yes. the artist. Okay, or either or I mean, either a song so or an that. artist. Okay, they're gonna be like popular songs though. So all right, cool. I'm in. All right, so PVO next week. Ugh. What la- last last task, Jared? You got to name the podcast. What what's the title? Name this be? episode. Yeah, you got to be something relevant. Good, you got to you think of a good quote normally. What good what good quotes did we have today? I choose violence. <laughs> no, don't help me. That's out. not a bad one. Oh my god. <laughs> welcome. Well, how, how about welcome to the Quickie Mart? Oh, okay. I love that. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. I like that. All right, nice job. Duties fulfilled. Sign us off. I love you guys. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>